Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by a one... Trace Finacaro. And... Desu Snake. That is a one, Gunner Kennedy. Let us just jump right into it, gents. Um, GamesCon was this weekend, and uh, it's the biggest... I believe I read the biggest... Uh, game uh, video game show in the world it's in held in cologne uh germany and uh there is a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff coming out of there a lot of new trailers for games coming up some of which i'm very excited for some of which i don't really know uh if will be any good but there was something kind of interesting with microsoft um at their presentation they're coming out with a uh i think it's called an all access package and what that would include, what makes that interesting, they have the your Xbox Live subscription, which is currently uh, like a hundred bucks for a year. <clears throat> you have the Game Pass, which is like their version of like a Netflix for video games, um, and that I think is twelve or fifteen bucks a month currently. But they would also rent you a console. Um, you would essentially be renting a console, so you wouldn't have to actually sync all your money to the console. Now the the plans for an Xbox One S, which is a tier up from what the original Xbox One is, um, and that's like those plans started as low as like twenty three ninety nine, and then for the Xbox One X, which is the newest Xbox One, has all like the it essentially has the best uh, hardware specs of any console currently, including PlayStation. That uh, those plans were like thirty four ninety nine, but I think the interesting thing is like you have to pass like a a credit check obviously because you're renting everything now and i think that the pricing might change depending upon how like what your credit score is so it's kind of an interesting thing because never before has a company essentially rented out a console similarly to like i mean essentially the only thing i can base it off of or compare it to is like your cable company renting your cable box and some people for some people your routers out too now didn't microsoft do something like this for their internet service back in the day gunner um, I mean, well, they had that the TV set top version. Of yeah, what it. was that? Oh, for, uh, like Web TV or something. Web, yes. So that was. I mean, it wasn't video games per well, se, but you kind of had like this miniature computer type thing that you could use to surf the internet. Was well, that was that a similar concept where where you never owned it? Well, um, I mean, you never own any piece of equipment you get from a service provider. You know, it's kind of like the. You get your phone and, you know, your phone packages now. I mean, like, I'm actually kind of curious if Microsoft is going to have an equivalent of the bring your own device plan for this. You know, if you if you, if you have your own Xbox One. I, I think mean, they're like, going to have to, right? Like, well, you but, know, but, but what would be the purpose? Then you just buy the other two plans, right? This plan, well, the, the difference with this plan is that you don't have your own device. Right? The other two... Right, the, like the the one where you can get the games. So get, Xbox. So how this works, like Xbox Live. If you want to play multiplayer games, like with other people, you need to have an Xbox Live subscription. You don't need an Xbox Live subscription to play your games, your physical games on on the console. But if you want to download any game or if you want to play online, you have to play on their servers um, and through their essentially their their client, which is Xbox Live. Um, game Pass essentially is like just an add-on that you don't need to have game pass but if if you want to and you can try out different games that they have and they have like over 100 well over 100 games you can try out um 
that's just like their subscription thing. This is kind of including both Xbox Live and Game Pass, which I wonder, I don't know what the stats are, but I do wonder what the statistics say as far as how many of their Xbox Live subscribers already have Game Pass. And they're kind of just like, dude, it's you're already paying you know, 15 plus, you're already paying like $27 a month for less right. than that. You can have access to both. Oh, um, oh! So that when you said that price, that included the other two packages. That I included your Xbox that. Live subscription, which excuse me, it's it's a little more than that. I apologize because the Xbox Live is well, yeah, the Xbox Live is a hundred bucks over twelve months. Maybe it's a little bit less than that, but you get the Xbox Live Xbox Live subscription, you get the Game Pass, and you get the console, which you don't have to sink four or five hundred dollars on. I think an Xbox One X is like, I think it's three fifty four hundred bucks. Now, is there a lot of people that haven't upgraded to the One X yet? Is that really kind of they're, they're like saying, "Hey, for for five or ten dollars more a month, you can get the you can get our brand new console and you know just kind of lease it from us." I would say I don't know what the percentage is on that. I don't have an Xbox One X because yeah. I bought an Xbox when like Titanfall came out, probably going on five years now, and I and they're already talking about this Project Scarlet like Scarlet coming out. Um, that's their new. That's Microsoft's new con- game console. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like, you, you, you kind of have to look at the roadmaps of uh, who they're getting stuff from, too. Because, so, um, kind of the fault. You know, like again, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of shuffling in. This is this related to gaming. Slight sidetrack. We'll get right back. No, that's fine. Yeah, no problem. So, there's been this whole huge kerfuffle in the the gaming or you know the CPU and the GPU landscape right now which is that um AMD had a lot of engineering talent leave to go to Intel it's kind of a frustration because AMD basically bailed out the company making volume chips for the Xbox 1 and the PS4 and the, the next-gen PS5 is actually a completely new architecture that AMD did custom for them that they're, retro, they're retroactively porting back to the PCI side, or PC side called Navi. And it's, you know, it's like it has integrated, it has, like, updated, like, integrated graphics. You know, it's the Ryzen CPU core and stuff like that. But part of, part of this, too, is that I wonder if, you know, like, um, TS, like, part of the reason that, NVIDIA was so delayed in getting the new GTXs out was because it came out that AMD had basically eaten up all of Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company's bandwidth making new chips because they global foundries kind of dicked the dog on getting down to like the new the new refresh rate for their, their chips. And part of this is that like... um. So, you know, like if you look in the articles, it's kind of sound like this. Uh, Microsoft's next console is effect- effectively just a bigger version of the Xbox One. Like they threw a couple more execution. You know, it's the same APU style or, you know, like it, the, the codes, gonna, the code should be backwards compatible because it's really just an expanded version of the chip that's in there right now. But... Um, if it's on seven, if it's on seven nanometers at t- uh, Taiwan, you know Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company because they bought the process from Samsung. But um, the chips are like ridiculously cheap, and I, part of this too is that I'm wondering if doing this package, like the the cost to manufacture the current Xbox One, is actually pretty ridiculously low, all things considered. And if this is if we can get you hooked in to 
the subscription model, you know, we're making like maybe a 10-15% profit ratio on this. But if we can get people used to this model when uh, when the new Xbox comes out and our cost for production scales down again on a factor of like 3 or 4 because the chip that you know like the the actual individual components in it are just cheaper. Uh it's 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 the getting somebody to pick up the iPhone, you know, like getting the iPhone on the installment plan or something like that, you know. Yeah. A, <clears throat> sorry, wait. No, no. Go um, on. So what you're saying is it's a way to over to overvalue the console to the consumer. Yes, basically because, you get that you get because the, the subscription rate isn't going to drop, but the next console is going to be significantly cheaper. Yes, you're 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 recontextualizing how they think of the price. Right. So, what's going to be interesting about this is, you know, they did this with the with the phones, right? The the smartphones came out. They were they were so expensive, nobody could afford them. Mm -hmm. and they started becoming subsidized, and you would end up paying some type of monthly or annual fee in order to keep that phone. And then when the new one comes out, you could upgrade to it. You so still long as, yeah. So long as your contract was up, right? And yeah. Then, or you had to pay the extra whatever. Whatever it was, getting fucked, right? So, like, so what's interesting is, is Microsoft's already doing that, right? They're saying, hey, you can get the shitty phone, you can get the nice phone. But there's different prices associated with each one. And I wonder, like you said, Gunnar, um, how long it's going to be before the before the, success for the, the successor to the 1X comes out. And if you get that immediately. Early 2020. Because that's going to be a management nightmare. Now, they're doing the same thing that Verizon does where people are like, oh, hey, you know, well, is there any chance you can give me my upgrade a month early? I know that I haven't hit my one-year mark or I haven't hit, hit my two-year mark. It's going to be the same problem. And it's 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 interesting because the cell phone industry has, has largely started to move away from that model. Really? A lot of people are still are still well, doing that's why it. You do you bring your own? But you, the bring, bring your, your own device. Yeah, the bring your owns are becoming really popular now, where you just pay out of pocket because you can get like a like a Samsung Galaxy that's two generations old, and it works for ninety nine percent of what people want, and it costs half the price of a new one. So people are like, well, why would I? I want to lower my bill. And they're also you have the you know the competitive markets, which Microsoft there is no competitive market, right? There's not an alternative game network. That you well, can there's jump a PSN, well, but but even What's that PSN? you're not PlayStation you're not, Network, but right? But not. you can't run that on the Xbox, right? No, although so your hardware locked. Yeah, no, well that's true. However. PSN actually will not allow crossplay specifically. They won't, but Xbox, Microsoft said they will, and they've actually pretty oh, really? much been able to do it. Yeah. It happened oh, once. Okay. It happened once. Well, actually, uh, popular game we've talked about here a lot, Fortnite. One weekend, uh -huh. um, as the uh, players from both PlayStation Network and Microsoft Network were accessing the uh, Epic servers to mm -hmm. play Fortnite on console, they were playing against each other, and someone didn't notice till several hours after and Microsoft really didn't give a shit, but PlayStation right. Network was like, absolutely not. Like, no sure. way. There's no cross. Because PlayStation has, um, I mean, when it comes to uh, original titles and, and native IPs, PlayStation's got the best. As far as the big two, Nintendo's still untouchable. Nintendo, they're just, they're a different beast. Like, they, people don't buy Nintendo to be blown away by graphics and shit. They buy Nintendo to play fun fucking games. Like, really fun, great games. Um, but Microsoft and PlayStation has always kind of been this arms race of who's got the better specs and who's going to spend more money and this and that. Like, so it's interesting because I definitely don't see PlayStation releasing any type of news or any type of plan to do this. 
and it's kind of weird because at first I'm trying to understand, man, who the fuck's gonna do that? Because after like, like, but I guess like after after two years, if you spending like twenty five bucks a month, you're just, you you easily you could have bought a new console. Essentially. Yeah, but you, uh, maybe this is maybe this is horrendously unfair, but. The most popular games on those platforms are played by people who are not going to give a shit because they're the same people who would drop for the fucking iPhone on the installment plan, you know? I mean, it, it, it's... This is... our We're playing Call of Duty War... Call of Warfighter Duty, man, you know? It, it, it's... I, I, although, I did see a kind of a cool dinger today, which was um, the fact that, um, at least nowadays... You know, you have uh, the the popular games are all kind of based around building something as opposed to like when we were in that demographic and it was all fucking deathmatch galore. You know, like even Fortnite, Fortnite is still like I actually have to kind of like construct this hidey hole to not be murdered in my sleep. Yeah, I was talking to somebody this weekend, uh, my brother actually, and I was talking to him about deathmatch and I'm like, you know, I can't really name a whole lot of deathmatch games. Like, Deathmatch was a big thing for a while, but I can't really name a lot of titles like that somebody today could relate with that's a straight-up Deathmatch. And when I say Deathmatch, I mean you're dying every couple of seconds. Well, and again, it's this... The, the, the transaction penalty... I mean, like, you even you can say that, like, Overwatch is kind of like that, too, but even that, Overwatch is still... I don't know where it would fit in the battle royale kind of category because it's not a, it's not a battle royale, but it is a it's team. It's a MOBA. Well, you, is it a MOBA? It's because, more of a first person MOBA, I guess. You know, what's it, MOBA mean? A mu- massively on, mu- multiplayer online battle, battle arena. arena. Oh, okay. So you have people who take specific roles. So I don't know if you ever played Team Fortress. Yeah, Team Fortress, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's honestly, you, very you, you similar can, to Team but Fortress. But you can you you can have non-homogenous teams. So Team Fortress was always like you had the sniper, you had the scout, you had, yeah. you had your different classes. Yeah, it was like even, right? But you also have um, you have a bigger you know part of it is like you kind of your cosmetics and stuff like that. You're trying to be unique, but the the big part of it is that a mobile you have to have a pretty diverse array of characters in that specific play style that can do different things. Right. Because, it's, you know, part of, part of it is this whole idea of the rock, paper, you know, like the, the 16 different branches of rock, paper, scissors that sure. make it. Sure, sure, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, so. I mean, that's essentially what a MOBA is. It's kind of. Unless you're Mercy, fuck Mercy. So you're saying <laughs> that's that's kind of what Deathmatch has turned into. That's what Deathmatch has turned into. That's most popular, I'd say. Um, it's between that and Battle Royale, which is kind of. Similar to Deathmatch, except it, you're all there's only one winner at the end, right. whether it's one person or one team. Right. There's only one winner, and it's not like there's no coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like Counter Strike in that in that regard. Like you died in a round, you were dead. There was and, no and respawn. Because of that, with Battle Royale, you you're more concerned about dying once. Right. right? There's significantly more with, um, with, value in your in the life that you're given. With, with Deathmatch, only the elite wouldn't die. Right. Right, I mean, you'd have like ninety kills and zero deaths, and somebody looks at the scoreboard and they're like, "Who the fuck is that?" Elite hacksaws. Yeah, are, do they have a wall <laughs> hack? How are they? How are they killing people that fast and not so, dying? I guess maybe this. Yeah, and again, I don't know if you are you familiar with like the whole game engine thing. Like I know, like the the certain games run off like 
the Unreal Engine Four. Well, Unreal do, you, 4 do, you, engine. do you do you do you do you realize how many things have Unreal Four? Yeah, like pretty like, much. Like, yes, everything runs. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny too because like everybody's talking about like fucking epic graphics and stuff like this, and it's like Unreal Four, Unreal Four will like do all that stuff on dog shit hardware, anyways. It's um, I mean, part part of it is like Microsoft kind of Microsoft and Sony kind of hobble you trying to optimize stuff on their platforms at this point because you'll see like. Um, at least on the Warner Brothers side, you have Unreal. Do- you have Unreal doing like 60, 120 frames a second, like frame lock stuff. And even the Unreal team were like, "I didn't think the engine could actually do this." But you know, like it's it's amazing that once Epic Mega Games actually stopped trying to make games, with the exception of Fortnite, and Fortnite was kind of like just a tech demo that one of the guys fucking did in the background, and they're like, "This is pretty fucking sweet." Now, does Epic own the Unreal Engine, or do they license that? Epic makes and owns the Unreal Engine. They okay. license it out to other. They license it out to other developers and so. So Epic is the is the the parent company of the Unreal series. Like yes. how it, like how like how id is the parent company of the id tech or Rage engine because they're the original developer. Does Bethesda own id? Beth, yes, Bethesda owns. Well, okay. actually, Zenimax owns. Owns all of them. They're all under the Zenimax umbrella. Yes, I disagree with you on the Unreal. Um, and I know you have a you you'd have a million things to throw back at me, but like they make good fucking games. Like Paragon, I know it's dead and I know it's no longer there, but I thought Paragon, Paragon was a fucking awesome game, and I thought it was a goddamn shame that they signed an exclusivity deal with PlayStation because I do believe if they had signed a deal and allowed pa- Microsoft pa- to put it on there Sony Sony has murdered more A-listers like potential A-listers it's fucking it's, sad. Like it was a Fox, good game dude they're like the fox of game publishing like even yeah. more than if Konami. it had gone to micro- Microsoft you'd still have a player base and it'd still be people would still be playing it I don't think it would have died yeah it, what, the, what the frick uh, you know you talk about MOBAs uh, Platinum Games had oh what the fuck was the name of it there's a they had a MOBA fighting game Really? Yes, on this on Sony, it's like it, it it's like multi level everything like the yeah, and I can't remember what oh frick we're gonna have to look stuff up quick phone Power stuff. Power of the internet. Platinum game. Uh crud. But it, it, but it, it, yeah, it's just they they just let things die. You know, because part of that too is that like Microsoft's transactional cost for actually spooling up a management server on like or, or the Xbox Live network is ridiculously small because it's all you know like they they opt you know they kind of built the platform under the idea that they were going to be doing stuff like this and they own azure so it's not like you know it's like really i mean there's a cost to it but it's really just bouncing you know bouncing capital numbers between two different divisions and sony will sony's multiplayer networks were not designed around compute services so they actually have dedicated, you know, like you have a dedicated server running these particular instances, and like they're looking at the, they're like doing the the spreadsheet math every month on. So, so what you're saying is, and this is an interesting, this is an interesting, uh, it, assuming that that's true, it, it it brings an interesting point. What you're saying is that um, Microsoft, who makes probably the majority of their money still off of their old um, computer business model. I say old because that's how it's that's how they started. They started so- selling computer software, and now they've moved into the cloud services. Azure, Azure being the the leading cloud 
um, product that they offer, and it's a major competitor with the number one cloud provider, I believe, in the world is uh, is Amazon. Yep. In Microsoft, I think is number two. They're up there though, and and what you're saying is that in order to provide cloud everywhere to all of the businesses in the world, they already have all of the computing that they could need to host anything. And the video games are almost like a like a sliver of what the rest of the industry needs, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what you're saying. Well, what's really funny about that, and you're saying, of course, PlayStation, Sony is not a Microsoft. They are not an Amazon. So Sony either has to lease the equipment or they have to build it their own and do the same trial and error as the rest of the cloud rollouts. So the interesting part about that is that Sony's giving theirs away for free. And it's not as big. It's not as fast. And uh, it's it's not available as often. and Sony's giving theirs away for free, where they really could probably use the money mm-hmm. to expand theirs. Microsoft, on the other hand, is charging a service fee for theirs, and they could actually give it away for free. They could afford to just give away the compute. I mean, there's other there, there's there's development and stuff, right? Yeah. There's other costs associated with it than just the just the rack space. Um, and now this is a slight segue, but did you see Microsoft? Were they the ones that did the underwater computers? Yes, they're doing the under they're doing the underwater data centers. Did you see the PR campaign where the fish is <laughs> the fucking bloop, fish? Bloop, bloop, bloop. So have you seen this, Wade? No. So Microsoft Gunner probably knows more about this than I do, mm-hmm. but Microsoft realized that if they just built a data center underwater. Um, they could use the water to cool the computers. Um, and um, I think it's offshore so that they don't yes. have to pay taxes on it. Nice. <laughs> they do some weird shit like that. Oh, nice. But what's funny is they built it to just eventually die. Well, that's kind of that's kind of been where they've been going, anyways. Is right, that just because retrieval would just be I mean, too difficult? There, there, yeah, was, there yeah. was already there was already As talk about that on land based ones. Is that they just throw them in the back of a like a yeah. a, 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 a transoceanic steel shipping container? Yeah. As the equipment fails, they just decommission it, and eventually, eventually, the whole thing just dies. And there's this data center that's unused. In the water. That's not going to fly, though, because, I mean, Why? what about the EPA or someone? No, I mean, like, like, I mean, like eventually you got to pull it. Eventually you got to pull it. The, well, because the, 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 the main know, the cost. The Titanic's still under the water. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a big buzz. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. Blame that on Shauna. Keep but, going. Sorry. But, no, but, the, um, it, but the flip side of that, it, it, it's kind of like. We're already there because Google doesn't like fucking administer any of their server racks until they reach like a critical threshold, anyways. Because the the general gist is that any time that they have the, the you know the, the, what it works out to is that the failure rate on the equipment falls into the time that you'd be end of life in it and replacing it anyways. Right. And in the bottom of the ocean, I don't I don't believe that the amount of space these data centers take up is considered is really is really like that big of a footprint compared to the rest of the pollution that we put in in the oceans but what's funny is like gunner said with a fish you can actually go to a camera and watch fish swim around this big data center and you can't see in the data center it's not like it has windows and you can see the lights blinking all you see is just a wall with fish swimming okay. by it. I mean, you, you sink and they a, have a twenty-four hour camera you sink, stream. You sink a pile. You sink a pile. I mean, like again, it's it's not a terrible idea because you you know the biggest the actual biggest power requirement in a data center at this point is the cooling, anyways. 
And I mean, like Delta to you know Delta to you know, like you get the issue of like maybe heat bloom in the ocean if you get too high, but that's that's like back of the napkin stuff. And besides, we'll be dead from carbon dioxide, carb, carb, you know, carbonic acid building up in the ocean anyways, long before we fought, we, we fucking get deadly algae blooms going on. And, you know, like all the fucking fertilizer we dump into the Gulf of Mexico and stuff. But, um, no, it, it's, it's, it's actually a relatively sound idea. I mean, you, you get a wind, you get a wind farm out there or something like that. You get the power to back, you know, like you got, I mean, the wind's constantly blowing offshore anyways if you, you stage it right. You just need a data cable to bring your link on shore. I was fortunate enough to do a tour of the, um, which which is now the old uh, uh, manufacturing center in Poughkeepsie, New York for IBM. And they used to actually, I think they used to make chips there. Mm-hmm. Um, now they, they don't. Now they just make super fun sites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they, they do some assembling there. Um, of course, the hardware is all made in other countries, and then it shows up, and they have to do some assembling. the The components that I actually witnessed was the testing. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the 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 quality control testing was being done there. But uh, one thing that was interesting is they had a room, and the room was bringing water in from the Hudson River, and they were using the water from the Hudson River to cool the computer equipment down and then they were discharging it back into the Hudson River. And this was maybe eight years ago, yeah. nine years ago. But it, it, again, it, and again, maybe we go back to the game thing, but yeah, it, it's just, this gets into like dumb stuff that you, you like don't think about, like the little details that you don't think about. But yeah, it's like Microsoft, because that goes back to their developing back, you know, that goes back to that we're developing background too. Because... You know the, the the everyone has their own developer kits. You know, like so, Sony and you know, play, or Sony and Nintendo have always had like here you have your dev you have a dev kit which you're you know, and Microsoft does too. But Microsoft also just like Microsoft thinks about these things just differently than other people because of just how how the you know like what what they do is a core function of their company. Like even the Xbox name was originally it was supposed to be a Direct X box, you know. It, it, it's it's part of you know like if anybody's gonna make that whole streaming thing work, I think it's a fucking terrible idea because I'm very much of the I'm very much of the Nintendo school where it should be always be a, you know like it should be a fucking toy. You're talking and about I, that streaming thing. You're talking about. Um, almost a video game as a service, right? Like yes. a subscription service where you can, uh, like this month, you can play the latest Madden, but they might take it off of the shelf at the end of the month, and then you can't play the game that you played a month ago, and you have yes. game well, fighters with it unless you I don't. I don't think it. they've gone that far. I still think you yeah. own your digital stuff. You can still own your, no, your the, digital the, the, copy. The, the, I'm sorry. They're, 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 they're going to the Netflix model. At, yeah, at the, when you were talking about the Netflix model, Wade, I was at the tail end of that. I said, unless you go and buy it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right? Okay, yeah, you gotcha, gotcha, okay. It's you know, kind of like like Dexter seasons one through eight or whatever. They were available on Netflix, and then Netflix didn't re-up the contract with Showtime, and they all disappeared. And then a few years later, they came back, right? It's kind of like that, where where the the subscription service, um, streaming, that's what you're talking about when you say yeah. streaming, right? The subscription service kind of has to bid on the games. They're not going to give you all of the A-list titles. They'll well, give you A-list 
I mean, uh, projects won't make any money that way. Like well, you still have to pay for the premium stuff. I would imagine. Like if you want to play, you know, the newest Call of Duty or Battlefield Five, which at this point I don't know why the fuck anybody would want to. Well, because you know, part part of this too is that um, Microsoft and Sony are trying to get on that sweet sweet money because like a bunch of the big developers are doing it already. Anyways, I mean you can't. I mean, like you know, it's like World of Warcraft. I mean, like I bought, I bought, I have a, you know, never mind the multiple versions of that game I bought when I had a fucking license stolen by somebody in China or something like that. But I, I have, I have, at least, you know, not that I, I actually just booted that computer back up today. I gotta go see if I, I gotta see how far behind I am. It was six hundred and thirty-eight days since the last time that machine was on. But um, World it, of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Um, I have probably six hundred dollars just invested in just invested in, in installers. But, but isn't part of that problem? Uh, and I still got because I hear what you're saying. A game should be just plug it in and play it. I get that, but you you have to be careful. Use an example like World of Warcraft, right? Because World of Warcraft is unplayable unless you're online. Yes, but so, and there's a subscription fee, like a monthly subscription fee, which is the old style of doing it that they have kept to. And that's where, when I, I guess, where I'm saying, like, even like Overwatch, where it's like you buy a game and you gotta have, you, you know, you have, you, you, you may, it may be free to play, but really, the whole, the whole model of the game is based on continuous purchases, which is a way of describe, you know, which is a way of hiding the fact that it's actually a subscription. It really, I mean, like, really, it's a voluntary subscription fee. Well, you know, because you don't but, need, yeah. So Overwatch is a little different. Everyone, they prey more on, and I say prey, but they're really not the worst offender by any means, but they prey on the the knowledge of human nature that everyone wants to be an individual and everyone wants to be special. And, and so they'll, you pay can, for, for this amount of money, you can get these different skins. Yeah. Well, no, you'll pay for the chance to get the t Yeah, you'll pay for the chance to get the spins, which P.S., um, I think it was, it might have been New Zealand or... The EU has ruled that it's gambling. You yeah, the EU has ruled it's gambling, you, you so you can no longer buy... Uh, loot boxes in Overwatch for for money. You can still earn them through gameplay, but you can no longer purchase them in it, in one of the countries in the EU. But you're going to see that probably roll a little further down the line. Well, actually, but, but then, then you'll just start but purchasing that being said, game currency, which then can go be, be used to... Unlike Battlefield 2, Star Wars Battlefield 2, where they have loot boxes that literally pl- change the gameplay, like give people advantages, like significant advantages in gameplay and actually alter the gameplay, skins and customization, customizable looks don't have any effect on the core game. They don't. Right. It's like, well, it's it's virtual merch at that point. Yes. But, it's just, it's weird because it, the merch doesn't really reflect you liking the game and you're not like wearing this this t-shirt with a game name on it in public. Instead, you're in already inside the game. You don't want to look like the default characters that a million other people have so you get to buy your outfits yes which back in the day we used to just customize our own skins in some of the games but there was an advanced process and sometimes it wasn't allowed i remember um when wade when you used to play Mm counter-strike you and um you and another friend you i don't know if you did it but he definitely changed the skins so that you could could tell the differences between people that were on your team and people that were not on your team and certain servers that he connected to detected that he swapped those skins out and they actually considered that a cheat and in fairness i will say that was a bit of a cheat right Um, now then i wouldn't say that but in fairness now 
because Counter Strike, if you play it enough and you play it a lot, you can definitely identify who's the terrorist, who's the, who's 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 a counter terrorist. But you know, from a distance, it's not that easy. And friendly right. fires is on. Like it can be very. You can kill somebody, and there are a lot of penalties for, for shit like that. You can get kicked and, and banned and this and that. What we had was like one like of the bright. terrorists. Like one was like a bright pink with yeah, like a big white head. Bright pink, yeah. And then I don't remember what the other ones looked like, but they were easily identifiable. Mm-hmm. I identified it. It was easy to say that's a bad guy, right. and that is fucking cheating because right. a part of the game is that twitch muscle and making making determinations very quickly. You had to, but you have to identify your target before you did it. So right. I would You've lowered, back then I would say fuck that. It wasn't a big deal. But now I would definitely say it's a form of cheating. Yeah, because you're you're lowering the risks of making mistakes, and right. therefore you're going to advance quicker in the game. Um, so one thing, this is kind of a segue off of off of video games in general, but it reminded me of it when Gunner talked about whether or not you own the game. You know, you just plug it in, you own it, right? You don't need to be attached to a network. Now, I don't know if that concept is ever going to make its way back. I don't think it's, it will. It's kind of like saying, hey, you remember when your music um, was on vinyl? And I mean, with vinyl, you could, if you really, if you really had to, you could get a pencil, you could get a, uh, a sewing needle, and you could get a, a funnel you made out of a piece of paper. And if you spun that pencil just the right speed and somebody was holding the needle on that record, you could hear the music right because the music was actually carved into the vinyl surface when it came to a tape you needed to be able to re- read the, the the magnetic data which was way more technology right you needed s- something to be able to pick up a very fine magnetic signal on the surface of the tape and play it back also the tape was very volatile to uh, magnetic interference so if you got it too close to some speakers or something back when Speakers just had huge magnets on the back. That's changed too. Or your sister sets a boombox on top of your fucking floppy or sets your fucking cheap ass Casio boombox on top of your fucking floppy archive, and then you're like, why are none of my backups fucking loading? Sure. Or you got some rare earth magnets kicking around, whether they're that you use them for a refrigerator or, or a you novelty got like, magneto character that you set next to your giant Sam's or your giant right. uh, Sony Trinitron TV, right. and then you're wondering why the fucking grid doesn't fit. Anywhere. So they increased the quality in some ways they increased the quality in the signal That's it was still okay. analog but the technology required to play it increased then the cd came out now with a cd you you'd be lucky to even get used components to be able to play it right it was much much more complex it wasn't just spinning like with the magnetic surface or with the vinyl surface you weren't just bringing it over a reed head at a certain rate now with a CD, you can actually seek to a, a section of the CD, a track on the CD, and it got even more complex. And then you get into the MPEG compression with the MP3s, the digital streaming. So for somebody, it's kind of like somebody saying, hey, I like to own my own albums. I don't want them in the cloud. I want to be able to own them, right? It sounds strange. But what's interesting about, about the old video games is you have titles... I like to use Mario as mm-hmm. the example, right? And by Mario specifically, I mean Super Mario Brothers. <coughs> and everybody knows this, but Super Mario Brothers was actually released on the Nintendo. Um, the Super Nintendo had, um, s- what was it? Oh, it, it, uh, Super Mario World. Super Mario World, correct, yes. It had Super in the name, so it's easy to confuse the two. But the original, I'm talking the original Mario 1, right? 
so <laughs> I was at I was at an electronic store and uh, uh, over the weekend and my I, I've been telling myself I'm going to buy a controller that I can play these old games on my computer right mm-hmm. emulator um, anybody that's tried this knows what the word emulator is it means that your desktop computer is trying to emulate the chip that was inside these old consoles and these are these chips are um it's not very efficient for a desktop computer to play them but desktop computers are so fast that you can play them and uh one of the emulators is is the nintendo now back in the day i remember playing um one called uh nesticles right and that was for windows 95 so these things have been out for a long time I mean, 95, 2018, you know, long time. So I decided to go out and see what the landscape looked like. And I found something called uh, OpenMU. Yeah. Have you heard of this guy? Yes. You got yeah. Gunner's nodding his head and Wade's saying yes. Yeah. I have never seen, I've never used OpenMU before, but it's fucking terrific. So you, you you download OpenMU, and it's got all the emulators you'd ever need already baked inside it. Now, that's crazy. It had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Master, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, 32X. Did it have any MAME? Just a question, if you remember. I don't I don't know if it had MAME inside it or okay. not. Yeah, well, MAME being the... MAME is it's, MAME's kind of its own thing, too, because they, 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 that's been consistently in development for, for like, forever. Yeah, main being the uh, the the like the arcade multiple um, arcade machine multi arcade machine emulator. Right, I'm actually I actually have it on this computer right here. I don't see main on here specifically, um, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, Sorry, I, didn't mean to detract. Well, it, you know, and it gets it gets kind of interesting too because we have. Um, Nintendo, you know, we're talking about the like. How much of our, you know, how much of this, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, couch this because, like, I understand that some, like, a majority of my expectation may be based on the idea that I have a physical fucking ROM sitting in my hand. Yeah. That, the, that, that can the, load this thing. And this is where, this is where I'm going with it. So at this point, anybody that's, I would say, in their 30s has probably actually paid for Super Mario, the Super Mario Brothers 1. So it was first released on the Nintendo, and it came free with the console. It was the game that shipped with the console. Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt was yes. the combo. I remember with Light Gun. That's right. So you, most people already owned the game just by buying the console, which means that they are licensed to have a copy of the game. Then it was re-released, I believe under the Super Nintendo, called Mario All-Stars. Yes. Mario All-Stars is actually... Was that Super Nintendo or regular Nintendo? That's Super Nintendo. So it had had Super Mario... It had uh, Super Mario The Lost World. Lost Levels. Which was actually... Which was technically... Technically Super Mario 2 because Super Mario 2 was actually a repackaging of... Doki Doki Panic. Yes, Doki Doki Panic. And Super Mario 3. Um, But... So... So you you bought it when you got the Nintendo. Then Nintendo... Finds a way to get you to buy it again for the Super Nintendo. Then the Wii comes out and they have their channels and the apps that you can use and you can download stuff. And then you buy it again for the Wii, right? So this is when it gets interesting. Um, 
When I first started doing this, I would say in you know the mid '90s, find getting your hands on a copy of the of the ROM, the ROM being an image of the cartridge. Um, getting your hands on the ROM was difficult. You'd have to go to some shady websites. There'd be a lot of pop-ups. It's There'd more be difficult dead links. now because some of them would be multi-part files. You'd have to download seven separate files and then mm-hmm. crunch them together to get one single ROM out of it. And a lot of the ROMs had been hacked. Like I found Mario back then, but it was he was in a wheelchair, and it was called Super Mario Wheelchair. And they changed the logo. That was the only difference is that he was in a wheelchair, and it was kind of cool. It was a it was a nice gimmick. But finding the original one was tricky, and I never actually found an original that worked with Nesticles back then. Well, now, I don't know if you guys have looked lately, but now there's a website called Rom's Mania. Yep. There's no advertisements. I'm not, I, I can neither confirm nor deny due to certain, due to certain employment opportunities that I am familiar it's with this It's got site. a star rating on it. And, yeah, but and, doesn't, and isn't, this, certain, isn't Nintendo starting to go after these guys oh, Nintendo hardcore? Is, yeah, n- n- this Nintendo, is actually some Nintendo new news that we been, never talked about. We probably should talk Nintendo about Gunner, been, I'm sure you um, know about it. Raging CNX Tuesdays about it. Uh, they actually just destroyed. So, um, they haven't taken down Rom's Mania. Yet. No, but Nintendo Nintendo has been making a very big push because part part of this too is that um, this is this is also this is also um, a fundamental difference in their business models. So like you know, um, Nintendo was very bad about making this stuff available, and say you know like say you know Sega has this same problem where. Um, like there are there are massive numbers of Sega games that there is no legal way of actually obtaining them at this point because Sega, um, due to just the business practices that were standard at the time, just tossed all the masters mm-hmm. of huge chunks of their history, mm-hmm. and the only actual working copies of these games are ROM dumps from the master system and in the it, Genesis. This is and this is this is kind of where it comes full circle, so. I, I was at my brother's house over the weekend, and he actually paid for Super Mario on the Wii. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you, they're running one of these emulators. Yes, no, they are. It's, I swear to you, you, they just went out and took the emulator. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the sky color is like the same slightly off color. It should be blue, but it ends up being purplish in the, in the emulator. The clock ticking down a little bit too fast. The sounds Nintendo, being slightly N- off from Nintendo the original. Is, Nintendo is not anybody's friend because they've been going and doing this whole crackdown. And meanwhile, yeah, like even the fucking even the fucking Wii on the Virtual Console is Dolphin Emu. Like in the back, if you look, if like if you do a decompile on it, they they are they're using these open source tools that they're suing like they're they're going after people for to go and build these fucking emulation layers so that people will go and buy these But, but to l- be fair, they're not suing Dolphin. They're not no. suing Nesticles. They're, just, they're not suing OpenMU. They're going against the people that are hosting the ROMs. Mm-hmm. But what I found very interesting is in the last 23 years all of a sudden, Mario is now easily accessible, and the website that it's on doesn't have any advertisements. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't make me register for an account. Well, because it's, in fairness, like what's it doesn't have much monetary value. I well, mean, it, that's that's what's the that's the most interesting thing to me right now. Right? It's like stealing a Beach Boys song. It still has some value, but most of it is nostalgia. 
Yeah. It doesn't really have a strong value in the modern market. So it is not going to be penalized as much when people try to part it. And most of the people that want it already paid for it five or well, ten times well, anyway. And, you know, but, but, and it's, again, this gets into this idea that like so, Nintendo is the only one left that has a library like this. You know, like ex, you know, like you, you get in super trouble if you start trying to fucking, you know, ship ISO images of, uh, you know, like you're loading up pirated ISOs or something from uh, an Xbox or a PS4 disc, and that's you know that's understandable. I mean, like that that is kind of horseshit, but yeah, it's like, um, Nintendo's Nintendo's current value is more based on who they are, who they were, than who they are. And I mean, like you know, you have the Switch, and you, you know, like you know, they're still making new games, but the 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 per, the most prodigious, you know, like the thing that they've been kind of dicking the dog on too, because it's funny because they tried to do all this stuff in house, and then like you're saying, like I see fucking Open Emu running on a, on a Switch or a Wii U or something, like a port, you know, like a power PC port running on these guys because they just took took for fucking ever to get around to it, and. And and the, the the whole face of emulation has changed now too because the the ease of use I think of of desktops but mm-hmm. especially mobile phones or just cell phones has has made the um, it's it's made the ease it's it's made the standards higher. So one thing I really enjoyed about this OpenMU and. Uh, and I know some people listening are like, "Oh, you're talking about stealing games." Well, sure, okay, fine. I mean, I I've paid for the games two or three times over. So as far as I'm concerned, I could have just hooked a cable up to my Nintendo, ripped the ROM at this point, right? So I don't feel like I'm stealing. I don't specifically don't feel like I'm stealing. But the emulators are not illegal. Mm-hmm. Emulating the hardware of a Nintendo has not been deemed illegal, which is why these emulator just, projects exist. It's just, in most it's just of them, very difficult to get legal what are considered non-encumbered ROMs. In most, right. And most of them are open source. So not only are they offered for free, but you can actually read the source code of how to emulate a Nintendo. Well, but, you know, and again, look, this, this goes back to is that part of like, I, I wonder how much of this is this weird legal argument, like this weird legal fiction that we kind of exist in. Because Nintendo... In Hudson and all those other guys, I mean, like you know, a lot of the a lot of this software, like, are they using the same ROMs in the background? Well, that would be that, funny that too. Would, if, that, if, that, if if you it, pay for Mario on the Wii and he's in a wheelchair, you're like, ah, it looks like they couldn't find the right ROM either. I, uh, <clears throat> I, it's interesting. There's a lot of like layers to this kind of discussion and this topic. I would like to revisit the at what point does i mean it's fucking mario at what point is this public domain right Right. there's no like there's no way that anyone should be charged money to play super fucking mario brothers disney successfully made it uh uh, you know the case at least in the west that um forever they 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 will will never be free it will never be there's a couple of different things right um like when it comes to like like the characters, I mean Disney Disney's has lost has finally lost the original or or it's happening this year the original was it the rabbit drawings of 
of Mickey Mouse. But that's like at this point, no one can identify. No one with any of age that matters can right. identify the old Mickey Mouse. Right. Right. You know, because it's been so long. Right. And he's changed so much. He actually looks kind of creepy if you go back and look at the old one. And that's a good question, Wade. And I'm not sure. I don't know when it should enter. I know that um, Adobe. Um, the the creators of um, of of course most people know them because of the PDF, um, but Adobe also makes Adobe Photoshop, which people know that as well, and they re- they open sourced Photoshop 1.0, and they said, hey, take the code. It's been so long since we made this version, and I'm talking like this version ran on black and white computers. They're like, it's been it's it's been so long, or black and white screens. It's been so long since we released this version that there's not really a whole lot of intellectual property in there that we care about anymore. Instead, it could be used in like colleges to teach computer programming and people could say, hey, this is how Adobe solved this problem uh, with when it came to digitally processing graphics. So I think that's a good question. Um, whether or not it has value is interesting because I can tell you... <clears throat> We like like I'm I'm having my kids play it and and my son picked it up pretty quickly and my daughter's a few years younger and she's struggling with it but she still really wants to get good at it. They really enjoy playing that first Mario game. Years and years and gener- you know like almost a full generation later, it still is a really fun game for them. Well, There's something that we we, we kind of threw away with video games. It's like. We strive so much to, to to use all of the graphics, but we take the fun away. So when you say like Microsoft's, or sorry, when you say that Nintendo is kind of uh, um, like selling these old concepts still, part of me says Nintendo may be the only one that's still playing it correctly. And maybe this is where that gaming as subscription thing makes sense, right? Like I want to play all these old school games, and and there's no denying there's still value in Mario. I I. Maybe I misspoke when I said that. Maybe I didn't misspeak, but when I think about it now, it, there are there is some value, right? Like, I would still want to play the original Metroid or Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. Those are great fucking games. There's no arguing that. And maybe masterpieces like that should be relevant and kept up. And if they're given a facelift that don't that doesn't really affect the gameplay, maybe that's cool. Maybe that's where this games as a subscription thing does fit. Um, because like it's funny that you said Sega and a lot of their games are unplayable, but on this Game Pass that I'm actually almost embarrassingly a member of, <clears throat> there's like the Streets of Rage compilation. Oh, so yeah, I can no, play no, one, two, the- and three, and it's like that alone I was like, Yeah, I want to sign up for this shit because I loved Streets are, of Rage. You are you are only capable of legally accessing you know, like even though even those because those there's a bunch of them. Like they don't they they they're gonna do the Nintendo thing. Only about fifteen percent of Sega's actual library, for the entire time that they were a developer, is 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 survived. And that's super sad because honestly, there were some great Sega games that. And and when I think about it now, even more, it's it's, it's the dirty secret. It's the dirty secret of the industry. It's like, did it, oh, well, you're gonna are you already paid for these games? So you should. And it's like, no, you know what? Like, because I don't want to have to fucking worry about upkeeping my Sega Genesis from twenty five years ago. That the cat right. pissed on it. Like, yeah, or and, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I are keeping track and organized with all these games that I've owned. Like, if I could access them 
maybe it is worth a, a, a fee to me well, to pay. Sega so, did some interesting things, though. Remember when they introduced Knuckles as an add-on? Yes. And you clipped the cartridge into the Knuckles cartridge, and then it clipped into the Genesis, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a new character showed up? They did byte code ROM injection through that fucking cartridge. Yes. And in order to pl- in order to rip a version of those games with Knuckles, they had it to have the cartridges stacked and then no, there, rip the, the modified ROM. There is some pretty crazy like circuit level haggery going on. Like, well, because, um, and you I, could tell he would the games the levels weren't intended for him mm-hmm. because he was like completely unfair on some of the levels. Well, cause, again, because you, you your level design is based around the the the. the you know, the like constraints, yeah. That we we kind of got you kind of got into that with fucking useless ass tails. What a dumbass character he was. No, you needed you needed two people. To, you needed a second player to make tails usable. Because tails, basically, if you did two players know. in Sonic Two, I tried it. I tried it this weekend, and sales tails still sucks. Even when you're like a backup player, because if it were Mario, I think it would be okay because the side scrolling is relatively slow. Sonic is so fast. You're constantly killing tails. Yeah, like well, he's just always in, in the well, dust. No, because and what, what, what tail? What, what what you know? Again, like you you, you kill tail because t- tails dying doesn't neg- necessarily negatively affect you, but if you had a second controller in the Genesis, yeah, I, another, we're talking about the same. Okay, thing. Okay, so yeah, but what what you did is you used tails to basically get into areas that Sonic couldn't. Yeah, because he like fly. he like he like airlifted or, you, or or you could you could do partner things where basically you would do the double jump where like you know like. I just did this yesterday, and it it, sucks. Like, first of all, like navigating him when he's flying is terrible. Yeah, it's it's like driving a a helicopter drunk. And I've never done that, but I I can't imagine that it's a good idea. It was an interesting concept, but it was also like there there was a helicopter, but a gyrocopter. Yes, he can he he can go he can go back and forth. But the other thing is, is like where I think down the slide. I think tails comes into play. It's kind of like um, what's the new Mario, the one where you're the hat. Oh. The oh, the one on the Switch. The g- uh, Galaxy? No, Galaxy, Galaxy. I think. Might be Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, With that, the hat actually is a very usable character, but he always returns back to Mario's head, and I think that's why it was such a great idea. The problem with Tails is the dumbass never returns back. You can't get him to stick with Sonic. If Sonic zips off the screen, Tails is left in the dust, and he just just dies and floats back in from the heavens. And you've got to wait for his dumbass to float back down. You know, and again, part part of that was that... um, you know, Mario. Mario was always the more refined of those plat- the the two mascot platform games. Um, so Sega was more, much more experimental than Nintendo usually got to be. I mean, yeah. Super Mario Super Mario sixty four was like the biggest. Like, okay, we're gonna take a risk, and like, we have the shittiest hardware in the universe to attempt to do this with, but we're we're gonna try and like reimagine this entire concept and fucking terrible controls. But man, that game was fucking good. Yeah, it was interesting. Shitty control scheme. Yeah, it was interesting how bad and good it was. Like, um, so I played that this weekend as well. And the interesting thing about Mario sixty four is that was before the game engines moved the camera to a spot where you could see the character. So if you just happen to turn just right and there's a tree, the tree will just block the screen. You can't see where you yeah. are. Or if you're really close to a building wall and you just turn. You just can't see anything. You just see like a big wall. Like your character's just missing. You know, and this, this so, gets into so it's the, really the not good for like quick reaction timing. It's like only 
good for like like kind of exploring and that's really where mario 64 was so great because you're just like well what happens if i jump up inside this tree well, you know but the what other happens thing if was i climb in this cannon or i flip into this portrait you know like again mechanical limitations stuff like that like super mario super mario 64 was such a small game like real like you know the the, the actual world is like so ridiculously small <coughs> and they were very good about like yeah. Just maximizing your navigation yeah, they your, made you replay every damn space. level ten times. You go through and get the red coins, then you go through and get the blue coins, or whatever the heck the gameplay was. But, yeah, it was definitely an interesting game. I, what I thought was, was better executed from a 3D perspective, because it really was more like a 2D game in a lot of ways, was Mario Kart 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great game. Classic. Yeah. <clears throat> an absolute classic. Diddy Kong racing. No. Come on, man. I wonder, um, and some other things that kind of stem from this uh, gaming as a service, I will, and I don't know if you, if you guys agree, and Trace, we've both played ports or whatever on consoles. I do notice there is a slight, but to me, a super and almost annoying amount of input lag with the controls. It's not, I, and maybe it's just, I'm just remembering it differently. I'm remembering it more fondly as a kid. But it just seems like there's a slight bit of input lag, and I and as I feel, I feel it's like Are noticeable. Talking about the emulators, what's that? With the, the emulators? emulators on the consoles, yeah. Well, like, but you, you know, that's that's on also the console thing. Yeah. So I I played Streets of Rage a couple nights ago, uh-huh. and it just felt like a millisecond slower, but it was enough that I kind of noticed it. So I played a lot of. Of course, this was in this case, it was Nintendo on Nintendo. And, uh, and this weekend, I played a lot of Nintendo 64 and Nintendo on top of the Wii. Nintendo did it right. There's no lag. You know, we played... Um, um, we also They also did a good job with the GameCube emulation, which that's probably not even an emulation. That's probably running actually on the processor. I don't think that the hardware between the GameCube and the Wii is really all that different. No, I don't think so either. Probably... I believe Knowing they're Nintendo's both running, track record, probably not. Yeah, I think they're both running the same style uh, IBM power uh, power chip inside there. So that's probably just straight up running on top of it. But Nintendo, I didn't get that lag. But I'll tell you, with the um, with this OpenMU, it's really it's really good. Probably the, something that was very impressive with it is when you go to map the controls, it shows you a picture of what the original controller was for the game because you might not know where the A and B button were. It might have been B before A. It might have been A before B. Um, it might have put them up on the top of the controller or underneath, and you don't really know that. And OpenMU, when you're mapping the controls, it show, it start, it like has like a highlighting orb over the, the key that you want to hit. Um, can you guess which game controller I purchased to use OpenMU. And by the way, I'm using OpenMU on a Mac. <laughs> what game controller you used for... To, to, to be able to play those games on a PC without having to use the keyboard. I would say, and how far are you in the generational? Like, well, What's the newest game that you'll play on that? Because that, um, that matters to me. The only, the only ones that we've really done so far are um, Nintendo and, uh, and Nintendo 64 on there. So we, I told you I played them on the Wii. I've, I also played a lot of those titles as well. Because like I said, I've bought them. Yeah. But I played those titles as well on the, uh, on the computer. Um, so I don't know if that helps you. 
I'm going to go with an Xbox controller. 360, it, the 360 is the standard, although if you're... It is, yeah, it's the Xbox controller. It is fucking awesome. It's the best controller, and I, I don't want to... I've never heard it. The people that argue that are PlayStation fanboys, well, no, and they the, can the, fuck the, off. The, the, the PS4 one is actually pretty good. Um, no. But really? Yes. Does it sync with PC? Yes. Oh? Yeah, but you, it's you got the, the sticks in the middle here. That's garbage. Well, because... It, it, is is a person is a person looks, who has way symmetrical. too many of them stashed in their Amazon cart right now. So I can't I can say <laughs> different models, but um no I mean like because the the end all be all is the 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 Xbox One like fucking premium controller that they did that actually has like the removable switches and stuff. But you gotta have Windows Ten to run it, and well that's what it told me that this controller required Windows Ten, and it worked perfect on Mac. I was really impressed with how well it worked. And OpenMU picked it up. It didn't map the keys for me. I had to quickly map them. Mm. But there's some things that were really cool. Like it asked me what key I would like to use for up. Now, I could have used the analog stick. But why would you do that for Nintendo, right? So I used the directional pad. And the Xbox controller comes with a little directional pad. And it's just like what would have come on the Nintendo controller. I hit the up key to calibrate, you know, to, to, to set up my keys. It filled in left, right, and down for me. Nice. Because it's redundant, right? right. What dumbass would hit up when it's asking for up and not also do left, right, and down. So it kind of brought in like a standard configuration once it saw me hit that button and did it. But what was even cooler, in this part I, I really should have anticipated but I did not, is I already had a Bluetooth controller that I could have been using all along with the computer. Can you guess what it is? A Bluetooth controller that well, you already you're, own? I'm going to say either one of your Wii pads. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Wiimote, not only... OpenMU just set it up for me. I said, hey, you want to do Nintendo? Well, Nintendo intended the Wiimote to be used with Nintendo games. What you do is you turn it sideways. Yeah. And then, you know, like right becomes up and whatever, you know. But you use the D-pad and you use the buttons. And it's just like the old style um, uh, classic controller. And I had no idea that that was picked up by the Mac automatically and OpenMU just mapped it for the Nintendo games. So I could have been doing this all along. That was that just blew my mind. It blew my mind that, that the Mac operating system had no problem pairing to the Bluetooth. I didn't even know it was using Bluetooth. Right? That, that, that they had chosen Bluetooth back when the Wii was released. And that... PCs years and years and years later would just pick it up as standard hardware and that the emulators would pick it up as well. So I, I know we're way off from oh, starting okay. off with the gaming uh, convention, well, but I was the, the whole experience from getting the ROMs very easily from the software, the emulation software now being such... Oh, and one other... And I know I'm still talking about these fucking emulators. One other thing I was really impressed with, Wade. So you download these ROMs and they come down as a zip file. Yeah. You can just drag the zip into the software. And the software just... unzips it, puts it in the right directory. You can delete it from your downloads. It doesn't delete it from the game. Hmm. And it goes out to the internet and downloads the cover art for you. That's pretty sweet. So Mario 2's got the nice... You know Mario actual, to cover yeah. where he's carrying a turnip or whatever. That's pretty sweet. I um I do wonder though because when Gunner said you know you don't actually own games anymore, so 
have games become so involved and so big that they have to continue to release patches or is it the situation where now that they can update these patches and update these fixes on the fly because you have to be connected to the internet a lot of the times we've just gotten sloppier and shittier coding because they know they have like a safety net of the network that you're attached to is it a combination of both like what do you what do either of you think well there's definitely a less permanence to uh to a rapid release right so a lazy may be maybe a good word to use but maybe a better word to use is agile right because like if if you think about this in in the non software space if you and i are making um i don't know if you and i are making a new golf ball and we find a golf ball that can fly further and um i i don't know maybe there's some other good reasons maybe it's biodegradable right because a lot of them get lost in lakes and forests and you and i make this brand new golf ball there's a certain implied warranty that comes with it because it's tangible. And if all of a sudden they start to break down, people will come back and say, listen, I bought these golf balls because they're biodegradable, but I I, I thought I'd be able to use them three months after I bought them. And now they're cracking and falling apart. And they'd come back to us and we we would pretty much be on the hook to replace those golf balls. That's the way, that's the way video games used to be. Right? If you bought Mario and you get caught in an endless loop where you can't beat the game, all of a sudden Nintendo has a bad, a bad they have bad PR and it, the game is perceived as a joke because you can't actually play it. A great example of that is the uh, uh, ET for the Atari. The game was so difficult to beat that people just hated on it. It was such a flop that, and, and I know most people have heard this story by now, but Atari actually like got all of the unsold cartridges and just put them in a huge landfill. In Arizona or something like that? Was that, is that where it was? I don't remember. New Mexico? I think it's in New Mexico. Gotcha. But because the game was terrible, and it's because they really failed on the quality control side of that. If they were able to release updates to people, they might have been able to use some of that feedback and get a new version of ET, but the distribution didn't exist then. Well, that was just also Atari like getting super fucking greedy and releasing oh, anything. Yes, it they, wasn't they, ready. They, the they game ruined, wasn't even they, close to being ready. No, it was it was rushed out to get come along with the right with the movie. Right. So, so to that point, like in that case, you could have said that you know it was it was them rushing, or um, there there could have been signs of laziness happening back in back in the development um, in the games. Uh, you know, whatever the studios that they that they actually uh, made the games in. Now, what's interesting now is is that you can kind of meet that that demand because you can fix the problems later. So I don't know if laziness is the right word. Um, in some cases, maybe it is, but it's also it's nice to know that you can meet the market demands and that you can fix the problems later. You can let them get through the first few levels, and then when the bugs start rolling in for level four, you can patch it, and now their gameplay isn't lost. That's a good um, point. So one thing that's interesting, um, I don't play a lot of video games in th- that are released now, but one that I have played right along with my kids because they're obsessed with it is uh, the Bendy and the Ink Machine game. And when Bendy was originally released, it was free. And they did the whole freemium model where the first chapter was free, but chapter two was going to be money. And it wasn't a lot. It was like five bucks. But they end up getting you because 
they can see the demand, and then if they get enough, then they can release a chapter three, four, and five. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that model. If you really like it and it's really something that intrigues you, you, you spend the money on it, right? Right, exactly. But what's interesting about Bendy is they actually rewrote the entire first chapter because they figured out that they could have more continuity in the gameplay if they introduced different concepts in that first chapter, then they could build off of those in chapter two, three, four, and five. So the chapter one that I that I actually got for free is no longer available. I can't even play that chapter. Now I play this enhanced version of it uh, where a whole bunch of the, the, the items in the gameplay have changed. So from that perspective, it made them more agile. It made it so Meatly Games is the company that makes it. I don't even know if they make anything else. I've never heard of them. But Meatly Games was able to start something off as this startup game developer. And then a few years later, they're able to say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's rewrite chapter one. We have the money. We have the resources. And what are the people going to do? They're going to complain that chapter one can be played again? Yeah, it's if not anything, costing them anything. If anything, you're giving them a gift. Like you can, yeah. you're getting extra content and, and it's going to be, you've already played chapter one before probably multiple times. Like why wouldn't you want a different chapter one? So that that's awesome. More sense. What I hate is when I launch the game, I have to wait for it to download all of its new content. Same and thing on Xbox. That's frustrating because I already have the game on my computer. I just want to resume the spot in chapter three or four that I left off. And now I have to go back and it has to go out to the servers and download a whole bunch of content that I don't necessarily want. I just want to resume where I played from. So to Gunner's point, that's where it's nice to just be able to plug the cartridge in and play. And, and there, I, I don't know what's better. I don't know what's better or worse. Back in the day... When Super Mario was written and released, it was written and released with all of the bugs that it had, but there were very few. Right. The ones that existed have, have become famous now. Right. The, the exploits, right? <laughs> yeah. But there was very few. Now you can release a game with tons of, of bugs because the consumer is eventually going to get rewarded if the game succeeds. That's um, like PUBG is coming out now, like the fourth. So tonight, actually, mm-hmm. I actually turned my console on because East Coast Eastern time, you could start downloading you can start the update. Downloading it. Okay, but it's thirteen fucking gigs, dude. Right, like that's a hefty, hefty update for the one point release. It's not, it's going from game preview to the actual game. It's that's kind more, of a good example. That's more than all of Windows ten. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, you talk about Agile and stuff like that. Like, uh, was it the Halo the Halo collection? Oh, the Master Chief Collection? What a fucking piece of shit when that first came like, out. Like, it was unplayable. They shipped unplayable disc. What what game was this? Uh, it's the Halo Master Chief Collection, which was um, for Xbox One, and it was Halo 1 through 4. Okay. Yes. Um, remastered. Oh. And released with so, like Xbox so, One graphics. So, they, so Valve did something similar with Half-Life, right? They re-released Half-Life with the updated graphics. Yes, but Half-Life didn't require a two-thirds of its initial install volume with something like 40 to 50 gigabytes wow. worth of downloads day one to make it fucking playable. So so they so they did a refresh on Halo, and it, com- it was completely shit. Well, like the, the physical or, or was, discs were like essentially junk it was just for oh here's your collection you can add to your collection for your nostalgia collection like if you're going to keep it up on it because we really literally have to rewrite they, everything they, they, they the, the version of the game that they burned as a gold master and sent out to print 
did not did not successfully install the game. Like you would, it would let you go through the measure. They were hopelessly corrupted when they were done, and you basically had to go and do a fifty gigabyte download to freaking. Oh, it's pretty, pretty much fucking saying. pointless to buy the disc. You should have just connected to the internet and downloaded the fucking thing digitally. Right. Right. Well, but right, you know, right. and again, like I guess and it was a piece of shit when it came out. Anyway, even after you downloaded the updates well, and stuff. Yes, it, but. Is that still the case now, or has it been? Fixed? I think they made some changes to make it to make it to make it better. From what I've heard, but I was never a big Halo Halo guy. Yeah, does Microsoft anyway. own them? Yes, yeah. like they, yeah. own, they own the property. Who it was so originally who, Bungie? Bungie it was went Bungie? And split off and went and did and their Bungie own thing. Bungie fucked up, and then Bungie time. got bought. Then Bungie, yeah, basically everyone that made Bungie at least remotely interesting, they forced out of the company. Because they released that piece of shit, Destiny. They, and they went to Destiny. What a huge Destiny disappointment. Too. What a great, great thing they could have done, but because of the evil of Activision and their shitty business practices, they so fucked that whole thing up. And it's really sad. It's really fucking sad. But Destiny, a beautiful-looking game, a very interesting mechanically, fun game mechanically to play, but they fucked their consumers. They they fucked their... their Bungie fans I, got fucked. I wonder... I wonder how much we treat the flippancy we treat this too. It's kind of just is this an American thing? Like we don't have a sense of like we don't we don't, we don't have a sense of keeping things or because you know, we we fucking knock down we knock down things on a you know like nothing's permanent here, you know like we fucking knock down buildings on a regular. Like I yeah I agree with you but I mean when I think of like my old Nintendo console I don't, I don't know where it is dude I don't it's probably not existent I don't know my. Atari Jaguar is, and I loved that fucking thing. Even though it was a piece of shit, I loved it. It was my piece of shit. But Alien versus Predator, dude, great. And Doom, the Doom port was a good one too. But um, I don't know where it is, and I don't know what kind of shape it's in. And well, I don't think I could fix that if it was the, if something was fucked Ni- up. You gotta get the Super Nintendo port of Doom so you can you can steal it for its uh, component parts and make a uh, make a uh, Star Fox Two cartridge. I have no idea what you just said. So there was an unreleased version. So they had the original game of Star Fox, which funny, fun story. Um, You're talking no- about the Super Nintendo the, version the, the, of Star well, Fox. Well, the Super Nintendo Star Fox, the okay. original Star Fox, which had the Mode 7 graphics chip in it. Yeah, with like the polygons and stuff. It was you know, interesting. They, it was they, cool you know, when it came you out. Because go back to this physical oh, thing, yeah. because they, had, they actually had to have a physical CPU extent, you know, like a, 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 an additional CPU or a specialized DSP in the cartridge to so they had to offload the, some of the processing of the game because it was too intense for the the shitty the, the, well, <laughs> the shitty the, the, Super Nintendo hardware. It had 3D graphics processor in it. Yep. Um, now somehow you're going to explain how Doom comes into play. So you know you talk about you talk about like the witchcraft and wizardry. So like what? So they made a Doom port mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo, oh, which was absolute do dog shit. Mm-hmm. But if you are Super Elite Hacksaw, mm-hmm. you find a copy of the Doom cartridge because there was an un- which when they released that mini NES or the SNES this year, like was it last Christmas? The retro console. The retro console. The, the mini, the they Nintendo, or the it, SNES. Yes, it was the retro the, 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 SNES. The retro SNES. God, I fucking want to. I wouldn't spend the money on it though. Um, Fuck that. Well, I mean, like they're not too terrible, but they actually they did. Only come they with did one, release. A sorry. Finished, oh, sorry. Sorry to sorry to talk over you. It only comes with one controller. Yeah. The fucking point. Yeah, the class, the little classic only comes with one Fuck controller. Fuck them. Go ahead, Gunner. Well, no, but, um, so the, the retro SNES actually comes with the finished version of this. But uh, so there was a Star Fox Two in development that never got actually p- 
pushed out. And what people and the will Star do. Star Fox 2 has a better whatever chip they needed. No, 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 no. So what, what you do is you steal the Doom cartridge. Mm-hmm. You dissect it to steal the Mode 7 chip. And you actually flash the ROM from the Star Fox 2, on the Star Fox 2 game onto this Doom cartridge. And... Mm-hmm. You can play. You can then play an actual hard copy of Star Fox Two on SNES. Now this is my kind of example, right here. You're fucking lunacy. <laughs> I could never do that shit, Gunner. Like I'm not capable of that shit. So I would it's, rather it's, just it's, them it's, say, it's logic, "Hey, it's a logic pro. We have the hardware well, now, but we can do it digitally. You can play Star Fox Two. Yes. Now. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what makes that interesting is I don't even know what Star Fox Two is. Well, it's because it was never released, right? No, it was never released. So I don't know what Star Fox 2 is. I vaguely remember what the original Star Fox was like on there. I didn't know that the original Star Fox needed a special processor. I didn't know that Doom on Super Nintendo needed a special processor on the cartridge. Um, So it's getting... And and even Doom, in in a lot of ways, is an obscure console game. Because Doom was really part of like that, that like... Like, right before the dot-com boom, people were playing Doom on their PCs. Yeah, like LAN parties. Like, that yeah. was the original kind of LAN party deathmatch. So, so so running Doom on a console is a little bit obscure. So it's like getting this obscurity of Doom, layering a second layer of obscurity when it comes to Star Fox 2, and then you just celebrate in your strange obscurity. I, just, I made this thing that should not be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so random, random uh, factoid for the evening, and this is kind of. I, I was kind of trying to segue, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna sabotage myself. So we were talking about uh, DLC earlier. Downloadable bit. content. Yeah, 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 add-ons to games and shit like that. So sure. you know, like there's, there's two things which you say like the cosmetic one. You know, mm-hmm. and this kind of gets you know part of this maybe the hoarding thing because where I'm going with this is kind of completeness. But so there's been a big thing right now, like. Um, it's it's in every game level. So Ubisoft, uh, there's big chunks of content that you can't get to if you don't pay additional stuff. Like you know, they'll say that the core game experience is there. Um, every current release of a fighting game, you do not get the full version of the game unless you pay extra. Because and you know, and it, it's actually like that's actually very important because fighting games themselves, it's the, the characters have different mechanics and. There is a there is a finite lifespan of when you have a critical enough density of people playing a fighting game that you know like you, you can have like a you can have a positive experience and if you are one of the people who basically if you do not have the cash to spring you know because part of it too is like pre-release stuff or it's like you have to order this spec you have to order this special package from this location and you will get like actually because uh, Tekken did that. Like the last, the last version of Tekken, you couldn't get certain characters unless you bought the game as a pre-order from certain locations. And I think that right. sucks. Like, there's even I play Smite um, a lot, actually on console on Xbox, and there are some skins because you know the base skins are fine. It doesn't affect gameplay, but there are some skins that you could you you only could have gotten if you were at some con or right. you, it was a limited time, and it's like. Even if I fucking want to give you money, you won't accept mm. my money, and I can't fucking get that. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. Should I feel pissed off, or should I just kind of feel like should I respect that because it's kind Acti- of like gangster. Activision has been up to their eyeballs on this for a while because, like, actually the the heavy gear. There were different pieces. There, like, depending on where where you bought the game, 
there were pieces that you could get like for your mech that weren't av- like weren't available any other way. You actually had to buy a specific version of the installer. It's like weird. Buy it one location. Or, if, or it's, Walmart. It's weird though or, because it's it's almost like they're reinventing the way it used to be, right? So like. Um, you, you mentioned earlier how Mario 2 was never released in the United States and it ended up getting, it was a rebranded version of Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. I've never seen anybody in the States with Doki Doki Panic. I don't even know if that title was released in the States. I don't think it was because at that point no. it was kind of like there and was no point in doing it, right? right? Like that's Mario 2 in America. So in some ways, the characters, the Doki Doki characters are exclusive to a region of the world, right? And now what we're saying is that there's skins and features. You got your you're holding your finger up. I just want I just want you to think about the so this sums up the world that we live in. So just cosmetic stuff, dumb stuff, but so there's a fighting game called Dead or Alive 5. Yes, with the women. It's yes. like all broads essentially. $30 game. If you buy, if you, if you, if you, in the attempt to complete your collection, complete the winner, buy the, all the DLC for it, is a $35 game with $1,137.36. Okay, I can see that, but is there, is there gameplay methods to get the majority of that same content? No. Not at all. Not at all. Honestly, that's my dude. Like, I'm telling you, those skins, they're unavailable to me. I, doesn't I mean, matter like, what I do, but I, I can't. I, but the thing is, I can't even pay for them. So right. you know, like, it's a little bit different. You know, it's it's different because like I I had the I, I've kind of su- supported this because I bought a bunch of stuff for Street uh, Ultra Street Fighter Four, like the costume packs and stuff like that. You know, because they, they they you know, but this gets although you get guys who do custom stuff too. But um, it's. It's different though, because I mean, like you know, you get this the sense of you know, like you get this argument, like the complete version of whatever was intended, and some of it is just for milk and money out, but it's also like we, we we've shown that we are flippant in how we kind of make like the publishers are flippant in how they kind of retain this stuff. So if you don't have a copy of it, you know, like there there isn't like there isn't an equivalent of the inter, you know the the the, the wayback machine or something like that that keeps this shit around. I mean. And this um, is this is where I I, I kind of go back to the, like the self modding, and this is where what well, I think creates the market. I think the consoles have a difficult time surviving in those markets because you can't really mod a console. However, in the PC world, this happens, and and eventually the game developers either have to ban it or they have to embrace it. And the best example I can think of is Minecraft. When Minecraft was was originally released, they didn't really have like like the concept of modifying the game didn't really exist but those game mods are are part of what made it so popular so when it comes to getting new skins i mean one of the things that 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 my son wanted to do after playing minecraft is he wanted to have his own dragon um at the end of the game you get to fight a dragon but he wanted to be able to have one and I went online, and of course, after looking long enough, I found somebody, and they had a way to get a dragon, and, and they did a pretty good job. You start off by um, getting its egg, and then you, under certain circumstances, the dragon egg hatches, and it starts off as a little tiny dragon. And 
as you continue to feed it and it gets bigger and bigger, it eventually gets to the full size of the one that you play at the end and you can fly it. Now it's full of bugs, but like that, that concept of being able to just go in and modify the game, I think kind of helps. I think it helps the, the, the community to be able to take new versions, you know, change out skins, change out characters, change out features have, have, have in the you, game. Have you got to the point of where you're trying to run your own Minecraft server? <laughs> I, I, I didn't do that myself, no, because mods are very difficult still in Minecraft. Unfortunately, um, uh, Microsoft owns them and Mojang develops it. They really haven't embraced the mod community as much as as it's existed and what what they kind of do is they drive the mod community out because the mod community has to mod a version of the game but the game automatically updates to the next so you, all your mods just disappear and then you have to to, to to go into the advanced settings of the game and and, and, and roll it back to an older version do you but, think that's because they're like terrified of exploits or security or no it's this is just control over the content. They want well, complete control. Xbox, I think it's. I think it's more of just difficulty. It's not a modular system, right? I it mean, wasn't designed to be able to plug and play your own stuff. And I mean, just to give you, and, and you know, Gunner, you're trying to make a point, and I'm sorry. Um, um, just like the idea of like wait, let's say you and I decide that we add a new element to the game, right? And the new element is a cube of hydrogen, right? Who or knows? The rape function. Yeah. Yeah, who, who, who knows what it can do, but you want to add that cube. If you build a level, if you build a map and it has that element in there, it has those blocks of hydrogen or whatever it's for, and let's say when the hydrogen um, is exposed to water, it starts boiling, right, or something like that, and you can use it to cook stuff. If, if somebody tries playing that map with those missing, what happens? You have physics rules that are broken. Mm -hmm. You have blocks that you don't know what to use to represent them. I mean, is any block that wouldn't have been there just turned into dirt? Is it an, a, a chunk of air? And I'll tell you the answer. It's like this block with a question mark on it because Minecraft only knows what it doesn't know. <laughs> so I think maintaining that forward is, is nearly impossible because you have to change the logic of the game in order to have those, those items interact. If it were more modular... I think they'd be able to pull it off. And it would be really nice if, if at some point they embraced it. But what's nice about that is it allows people to have the identity. The difference with Minecraft, of course, is it's not an MMORPG. It is in its own, in its own like way. More like a sandbox. It's more like a sandbox, right. And um, a lot of small breakout games as a result of it. But it's not like there's a huge community of people that you can't play with because you've um, uh, because you've modded the game, and that's the problem that you'd run into if um, if you're in one of these one of these bigger games. The games gotcha. where the skin is your identity because there's millions of other people you're interacting with. So it's probably a bad example, but it's I think it's a good example because it shows the demand for modding. The demand for uh, uh, changing every aspect of the game, whether it's for personal personalization reasons, um, or because you just want to get something new out of it, but the console the console doesn't really have that. You know, you can't really. You'd be considered a hacker. You do kind of have to, especially in competitive games. You do have to have some sort of a baseline and consistency. You can't have things all that different. I get that because it's not. 
it's based upon competing. It's not really based upon – it's all based on com- competition and having everyone starting from a fair point, from like the same point, I guess. Do you agree with what Trey said, Gunnar, or do you have a different opinion on that as far as it being anti-mod, like the larger companies being kind of not down with mods? Well, it, I don't even think – I would argue to the contrary just because they, they – it's how'd you put it? Really, if they can if they can find a stream to monetize it, yeah, they're all looking for it. But uh, you know, and again, it's also the platforms that they're playing on don't really lend themselves very readily to it. I mean, like the 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 PC, the Minecraft on the PC. Then yeah, I mean, like there, there's all sorts of crazy ones. Like you can have, you can raise dinosaurs, and you can go to you can go to outer space and stuff yeah, like I heard, that. Yeah, I heard this. And they're all flaky as fuck mod. because part of the problem too is that like my I mean like Minecraft in specificness is a fucking total shit show of of how it was coded together, and it's just held together with prayers and good intentions, <laughs> you know. But it, it it's. Well, I think I think of a game like Skyrim. So I know on PC there's a ton of mods. One example is the Macho Man mod, where yes. Macho Man Randy Savage is actually the dragons <laughs> in Skyrim. So they all have, they all look like dragons except for the head, which has a giant Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. with the glasses and everything. And every time he like breathes fire, he's like, nothing, oh, yeah, like, nothing means pretty nothing. Actually, it's pretty hilarious. Nothing means nothing. But like, I don't think you can have that on Xbox. I don't think like mods are allowed on Xbox. Well, I mean, um, no, so the. It depends on the the framework. So, you can get um, Skyrim mods on Xbox, I believe. You but, can. You know, they're, they but, they're cur- but they're curated. So it's like I want to install this other. I want to install this additional component onto my game to, to do this. You know. But again, like this goes back. This goes back to maybe. Maybe we just don't have a concept of perpetuity or something like you know like like i guess where where i'm kind of trying to i'm sadly segueing into um you know because that that is this how you justify the robot revolution that ends humanity fast forward 20 years from now (laughs) well no because it's not it's not that it ends humanity it just traps humanity in an endless emulation layer upon which you're you, you you live the same three weeks over and over and over again. Hope it's a good three weeks. Yeah, but the problem is, is it's an emulated version of Wade, so humanity's gone. Wow. Well, y- you y- can't y- say that an emulated version of Wade is still humanity. Well, no, see, this get this gets into my whole like burnout because like I I, I I I I had I had I had some I had some like dark thoughts this weekend. You know, just kind of like sitting the fuck sitting out on the deck in the fucking. Did you get the gyrocopter to lift off the ground? <laughs> oh, I got, the, I got, I got, I got the gyro. I, Gunner's not there, quite at crack Santa status, but he's getting close. <sighs> I can't, I can't get the beard. I'm, I'm not gonna confirm or deny that there's a frame, there's a tube frame sitting out in the back of the farm right now. But no, it's like just, you know. Uh, There's a there's kind of this nihilistic sense that I'm having a real hard time trying to push 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 aside because like I uh, I caught myself and maybe this is a dumb you know like just like I caught myself and uh, 
not not caught caught um like i have been doing some pretty what i think is ultimately destructive behavior because it's like you know i'm kind of i kind of think it's like can can charity be self a form of self-harm can charity be like a form if, of if, if you if you just yes, like throw, if you're, if you, not, if if you're, you're just throwing, throwing away wherever. stuff that you don't have that's like also ultimately causing detriment to like you know like how do you fucking how do you fucking evaluate someone you know like you can say that like the family the family the family takes priority and stuff like that but if everyone's fucked like how, like and then you've kind of like mentally moved into you know like maybe this goes back to the lizard people thing you know like how do, if you've mentally moved into the space where it's like i think someone needs help but i can't do it i think self-harm is more of a side effect of it because i think a lot of people they they'll ignore they'll ignore what's in front of them and focus on something that's that's not in front of them so when you say charity is a form of self harm, well, you, 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 yeah, and I guess that, you know, like because it's like you're you're still trying, you're still, you know, like maybe it's like a side effect of it because well, you're focusing weird. your attention somewhere else, right? But because you, it's but, like you but, want because you, why are you doing it? You're doing it ultimately, whether anybody says this or not. You are not doing it for someone else. You are doing it for you, right. whether it's to clear your conscience, whether it's to feel better about something, whether like that if someone if giving to someone else or reallocating your resources to some other uh, receptacle and it makes that receptacle better off and you can feel good about that you're trying to make yourself feel better and this i i'm not trying to shit on anybody that gives a charity and things like that because i do it myself but it's like the why do people give beggars money like on the street when they're fucked up or whatever like because you think it's it makes you feel good you don't there are no there's no such thing as like there's very few examples of selfless behavior, right? Like, because there's no such thing. Even selfless behavior, you do it to make yourself feel better. Like, that's it's still selfish. So, giving to charity can definitely be harmful to yourself, specifically if you ignore obstacles in your life or that by allocating those resources are going to cause obstacles in your life because you're focused on somebody else's obstacles, right? So yeah, like, or, or you're obsessed you're 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 obsessed with with staying in a rut because you don't want to change and charity is is enabling you to stay in a rut and not changing so i'd say yeah <laughs> we well, broke down the question no, no. probably a little bit too much but well I'd no because yeah. it, it, it's this speaking of being in a rut being in a rut is it true that louis ck is coming back I don't know as much about it as Gunner knows well, about it. I, I mean, like he, 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 it was a surprise. I, I, I guess he's allowed to do comedy again. Well, who decided that? Uh, that's a very good question. I um, think is it because like of all the super shitty stuff that had happened that's happening around, and everyone's kind of like, I mean, really, he just asked to masturbate in front of women. I mean, we called that one, right? We 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 live we live we live in we live in fucking the worst timeline. You know, because one, it was totally not okay. You know, sexual assault is never okay. Two, Louis C.K. chose the funniest form of sexual assault. <laughs> but, um, it, it's just what's the threshold for 
fucking up too much. Because we really, I mean, like fucking up, fucking, as... fucking up too much, like you know, because uh, you know, that's a subjective it, we're, term. Well, no, well, no, yeah, because like, I, is, is, is it is it I just is what, it causing death? Is it is like? Well, is I that... think what you're asking um, is is there's a point of no return when it comes to career mistakes. Like I'd say like Cosby, we can all agree that's a he's well beyond the threshold. Well, no, Cosby's right. not a career mistake. Cosby, Cosby is actually Cosby's career was just just the vessel for him to. Con- to, to deliver uh, roofies and pro- well, yeah, pro- no. but but it can be perceived as such. Um, Kevin Spacey, right? He mm-hmm. will not rebound. There is no rebound. I heard something like like the latest, the, his last movie or whatever went straight to DVD and made like so, li- fifteen li- or twenty dollars. Well, li- yeah, I mean, like, like you know, it's also, it's also like this fucking all this weird timey stuff. Like you know that you know what happened. You know what hat was happening the same time that Louis C.K. All these allegations finally like broke out. Was he had that fucking weird, like kind of pseudo Lolita daddy? Like what the fuck? He had like some weird arty movie coming out, and like there was a weird sexual overtone in it already. And like in the context of everything else, it's like I can't release. I can't. I can't release this. But like it's interesting because they're calling it a comeback. It's been like nine months since he's done anything. Well, yeah, it's like Aziz. You know, like Aziz, Aziz Ansari got. Got permission to be funny again too. Yeah, well, he he's he just outed himself. He's dumb. <laughs> I mean, I guess people say that it's really like noble what he did, um, but it's from I don't know. It, uh, the the more I look at that, the more I wonder. Like, was that just to boost your your fucking relevancy and like like you knew you weren't going to look as bad as a lot of these fuckers, but instead, you know, you go with whatever hate you may or may not get. But after comparing yourself to any of these other guys, you were fine. Everyone was going to be okay with you, but everyone's talking about you still. Cause you just threw your name in the ring there. Yeah. I, and I don't think, I don't think Aziz is a good comedian either. So hopefully it helped him in his career because I don't think his, his comedy will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Louis C.K. on the other hand is, 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 I mean, he's he's one of the biggest names in comedy, and when when the news hits and it's like, oh my gosh, he did something terrible, and it's like, oh, he he jerked off in front of somebody. It's like, well, he his stand-up routines talks about that. It's it doesn't sound like a, a he's always been a, to he's, he's always been a he, creepy schlub. I yeah. mean, that was his bit. Yeah, he it is. Yeah, he's like, look at me, I'm a fat guy, I can't get laid, so I'm just going to jerk off to you. And in fairness, like, it's it's. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's it's. I mean, like, we're laughing, thinking about it. It's it can't be that bad. Although we're also white males, well, so there there's a there's a group of people that could that, that probably took took offense to his actions. We we were probably not the best measurement. It well, might be better if we had it, it's, it's, <laughs> if we it's, had the it's like kinda, the average woman on the show and tell us how she felt about it. Well, I mean, like, but like, know, my wife wasn't offended by it. I don't know if she would fall into that category. So, I, I don't. She I don't, wasn't offended. I don't know if you know the background, the, the kind of the background and that whole thing, because you know, like Louis Louis C.K. had a long career before that, you know, like, but there was there was kind of a there was a comic scene that he came through. So basically, with the Boston, there was the Boston scene, and then he moved Leary, down. Leary, Dennis Leary. Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neill. Well, no, and, and it's it's funny because Patrice, Patrice, Patrice died. <laughs> Patrice died early, so like he's kind of not he's kind of not coming coming to the the, the 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 focus. But 
you know, and Bill Burr moved out to California and kind of like just stopped being Bill. You know, but he he wasn't like you know he I mean like he was he he got he also like got into comedy late too I think. Oh my gosh, but, Bill Burr! That's one that that the women should be upset with. No, actually, he's <laughs> too, well. Any job, the, uh, any job you, that you can stay in your pajamas for is not a real job. job. That was his response to stay-at-home moms. Well, that or it's. Like, I disagree with that shit, and I'm sure Trace could disagree. Not because Jenny listens to this, because no one fucking <laughs> listens to this podcast. But you, I saw you after three days, just three days alone with your kids. And you were fucking noticeably, <laughs> noticeably shaken. <laughs> Something a little different. Well, and this is from, from someone who manages well, no. two two businesses essentially. Like he's his, his his the work he goes to, and then his own personal business. No, but you know, part of that too is that even even he's like I'm full of shit. You know, it, it, it's he had he had one bit about Arnold and his like housekeeper, and it's like ah, oh, he did it on Conan, but um, or Conan, not Conan, other Conan. But, um, no, I mean, like, with the exception of Bill Burr, everyone outside of that crew turned out to be, like, maybe that and, uh, uh, was it Colin Farrell? Will uh, Farrell? No, Colin, uh... Could Colin, be Colin Farrell. The, um, the, 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 the dude from, um, he had, the com- he had the Comedy Central show. I don't think Colin Farrell was on the Comedy David Central. David Tell. Oh, God, oh, God damn it. God damn Colin it. Farrell's, like, a famous uh, actor, actor from Ireland, right? Colin, Colin Quinn, I'm sorry. Colin I'm, bra- Quinn. I'm brain, I'm brain oh, dead. Colin Quinn, yes, yeah. Colin Quinn, politically incorrect, right? Politically incorrect, yes. yes but, Great show. But, well, but the um, thing no, is, but, though, but with the exception like of him, every, every one of those guys turned out to be like a fucking horribly degenerate, depraved yeah, human being. But this is like something like... <laughs> but, 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 but most, but, but a lot of comedians but, identify well, as that, though. Well, I mean, but, it's yeah, not but, just them. It's, it, but I, I guess, is it, is it fun? But I guess, so this gets into the flip side, too, but like... So this is kind of, I mean, like, is it just a general human theme where we're really kind of all just depraved, fucked up people? I think or is that's it a self-selecting we, set and, 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 and I, I no, comedians? The first, there's and an like, equation to it. The like, first, Gunner, I think that's why we like them. Right, I mean, it's why. I mean, have you seen Daniel Tosh stand up? Oh God! It's 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 like the it's it's probably the like the roughest comedy. It's not the roughest. There's actually somebody who's worse, but it, it's it's. The second worst comedy I've had to sit through, and I laughed my ass off. It was just vile. He's just a vile human being. At least his comedy is. He may not be in re- he may not be in real life. Well, I think like with comedians specifically, but I think this goes for any talent. The larger the talent, typically, I will say they're always outliers, right? But the larger the talent, it typically means the more focused they were on that talent. And they have some major deficiencies in other areas that sure. we don't expect because sure. we think fucking Johnny Depp for all those years was just this amazing human being because he was so talented and he's got to be so funny and so nice and so smart. Turns out he likes to hit a bitch once in a while. You know what I mean? And that's fucking terrible, right? Yeah. But you know what? I'm not fucking Johnny Depp. and I don't have that fucking talent. So I can't really relate and I truly understand you know, what kind of deficiencies he has. Um, but the fact is that Johnny Depp fucking clocked his wife and I don't think that's cool but I'm gonna go see another Johnny Depp movie because the motherfucker's talented so do I think there is a threshold where people fuck up and it's acceptable not acceptable I think that Kevin Spacey is a super interesting case because that guy is super talented he's a huge piece of shit yes but he's super talented do I think he's so late in his career now 
that he's he's done. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Um, if I think this was twenty years earlier, I don't know. I'm sure he'd probably come back. I think there's certain things you can't come back from. Um, one of them is any type of sexual predator. You can't come back from. Now that's where Louis C.K. is an interesting topic because it's perception, right? A lot of people are upset that he's trying to make a comeback, but a lot of people weren't upset to begin with. And because Dude, Michael of that, Jackson, yeah, Michael Jackson's a great example. But Michael Jackson, they they never had, they never really had enough people come out, and they never had the proof. But you're right, people largely they just dismiss the fact that Michael Jackson was was a was a a, a child predator. Uh, some people think it was just a mental disorder and that he just liked to be around children. But and and, and to this day, I don't know. I don't know either. And but I'm not trying to sell Michael Jackson's name because I have a shitload of respect for the guy as a talent, right? Not as a person. I don't really know him as a person. So I can't have a ton of respect for him. But yeah, but there's enough reports that. that came out that that you'd think. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I think Michael ja- Jackson is an excellent example. Um, he died though. He kind of died before we found out the truth. Well, he, he, and I again, like this gets in, this gets into the fucking yeah. You see, Patrice O'Neill died early. Patrice had a whole bit about this, like calling it like people people get in line to be eaten by the beast, and the beast, you know, the beast will chew, the beast will chew, you know, like the beast's only goal is to devour you, and maybe you get a boost out of it for a second, but they're they're gonna they're gonna eat you. Regardless, and it's like you have you have this whole implicit economy of like you have to align yourself you have to align yourself with gangs to be successful in entertainment. I think you know, that's there's, realistic there's, there's in mafia. Any life, well, there's there's ma- you know effectively there's mafias or whatever. You know, there's crews like Spike Lee has his crew and that stuff. You know, like you know, it's it's just, you have these you have these groups of people that like wield influence. And sometimes I wonder that. Like, I wonder if if, if it's straight up just propaganda. Um, one of them I, I don't really know that much about, but I remember it. Um, I remember when it happened was when Paula Dean's stuff was all being pulled. Yeah, because she, you know, because she crossed somebody, or they decided they decided it was her turn. Yeah, and, and because they, it was and a they find that this was always... footage. They find this footage from forever ago, and they they just kind of pull it out of the woodwork, and and it, it puts her in a bad light. Now she may be just as bad as people say that she is, but. The interesting part is, is that that America fell in love with her for a while <coughs> before me. they knew that, and the same thing happened with Kevin Spacey. The same thing happened with Bill Cosby. Dave but Chappelle. Her, what did Dave Chappelle do? Well, no, the whole thing, like basically. So Dave Chappelle. They painted him in a fucking really bad because way. The whole, the whole, the whole, the whole reason that that went down. Uh huh. Was because Dave Chappelle signed this really aggressive deal but what with went down? So remember the whole thing where they said he went crazy and he went to Africa and all yeah. this stuff. So, yeah, he says he did. Well, no, no, he went. He, well, he, he says did, he was he, having a hard time because well, no, he was because, walking up and down the streets and people were saying, "I'm Rick James, bitch," to him, like kids were. Well, no, because it, it's it's the you know and like he's not the first, at least, African American entertainer that's made that comment and. You know the thing is, is that it's not just limited to African Americans because it, it's gangs. There's basically, you uh, w- when you sign, there's this implicit understanding that somehow you owe or like you know, and it. it so what? What I happened? I get that part, but I don't think that he was blacklisted like the rest. No, 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 no. no. It what wasn't they, like that. So the, he, they wanted more 
they promised him a shit ton of money. They, yeah, and yeah. they tried to welch on it. Yeah, and, and when they, he, and they when tried he to the take diet. more. They tried to take more uh, creative control, control over the show, and that's like Dave was like, "Nah, like we're not doing that. Like we're doing my thing." And they came to a disagreement essentially, and he was fucked because he had signed a contract. Um, allowing some of these stipulations and he was like you know what it's not going to be the same thing I'm not going to put my name on it I'm done with it so instead of just saying okay contract is null and void we're done with it somebody starts coming out with all these stories about how Dave's gone fucking crazy and he's lost his fucking mind and dude he fucking fell like he fell from grace that, all this shit that wasn't even provable like yeah did he go to Africa did he lose his fucking mind though no does he suffer from cr- some crazy like mental illness no they made it seem a lot bigger than it really was when really he just needed to get away from it for a little bit you know like, mar- I mean, like mar- you know like part part of it you know part of it is the 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 personalities that kind of end up in entertainment but it's also like fucking you remember Dane Cook yeah he was no yeah. no but I mean like no Dane Cook was yeah, the next big thing and he, you know, what, what most, what, you know, like, again, like you get these pushes and stuff like that, but Dane Cook was a big thing. And then somebody knocked on his door, you know, one, one of the gangs knocked on his door and said, okay, we've done this favor for you. You owe us. And he didn't want to do what they owed. And he goes away. Yeah, but a lot of people Tri- said he sucked to begin with. No, no, he wasn't no, that great. Well, no, he was, he was, don't get me wrong, he was lightning in a bottle, but that was it. He was going to strike well, no, once, he, he, and then well, he made but, shitty movies. Well, you know, but 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 even that, it's like all comics do that. I mean, like all big comics do that. You got fucking Kevin Hart. You have Hart. to. It, you, got it, Kevin, it, you got Kevin Hart. Well, why is fucking Kevin Hart so fucking big? Because he draws massively well, no, but in, why in the African Kevin, American why does community. Kevin Hart like fucking, he's still a have, huge draw. I have no idea why people love Kevin Hart. No, no I mean but, he's but, he's he's he, he is funny, but he doesn't seem so exceptionally funny. You know, against not. the rest. You talk about you talk about Kevin. But, like what about Bob Saget? Bob Saget was a fucking depraved lunatic, and somehow he ended up being the face of family TV. But for the, fucking but the other thing too, Gunner, is that sometimes you just are in the right place at the right time. Well, yes. I mean, but it's not always it's, it's not, not always yeah. a corporation you, trying you to fuck when, you. Sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time, and I think that you have a mix of both. I think the Dave Chappelle example is probably a really good one, where where corporate America can can fuck you if you try to fuck them. And so the story that I remember, it was a long time ago when I saw the interview with um, with Dave Chappelle after he after he made it back from his journey to Africa or wherever he went. What, he's, what I remember him saying was that the fame was too strong. Like he was actually having a hard time with the fame. Mm-hmm. And, and that will influence his content, right? Because now he's a household. Well, he, felt, he definitely felt a lot of pressure to follow up after season two. Because frankly, and I'll, I'll say this until I see something better, that's some of the funniest uh, uh, syndicate. That's some Absolutely. of the funniest television I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely, it's I, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. It's that, genius. It should he, be provided in schools as education yeah. material because yeah. it is so well written. There was there so was, well executed. There was two things I think, which is one, um, you know, you talk about the creative input was the 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 fucking. The player haters sketch where they're going back in time. <laughs> yeah, player. and like <laughs> they, they fucking the like, when he shot master. the slave, it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and like they couldn't awesome. like, but that and there was one where um, he had the 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 fairy. That oh, would dude, pop the racist fairies sho- were great. The, would pop up over his the shoulder every time they tried. Awesome. To, I mean, how about the how about the blind, the man? blind racist? No, that's the that, blind that, racist. Yes, because that, that and he that, was. 
he he divorced his wife because she, she married married she him. married a black man and he was <laughs> and he was racist <laughs> i mean the, the 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 writing was so good he was able to get these very very basic premises and just make just sell them very well i mean that was back when uh when whose line is it anyways was very popular and uh and the guy who could Wayne do Brady. all the sing-alongs was yeah. Wayne that Brady was, that was he would always come in he would always come in at the end of the who's line and he would come up with the best like little show tune rhymes mm-hmm. just just he was he was really good but he, he kind of came off as that pompous character that like family friendly guy that and, he, and then yeah he painted him to be like a drug dealer inside his show and he's like shooting people driving down the road um and what was the, the, he, he said, what was the phrase? Don't make Wayne Brady slap a bitch. Yes, is Wayne Brady you know, gonna have to slap choke, a, no, it's gonna have to choke, choke a, a bitch. Yeah, for him to get Wayne Brady to say that on a show, to be able to sell it as satire and not offend people, beautiful execution. I've never seen that before in it's, a sitcom. But do, a, you, do you remember the, the racist fairy thing? Because that was very important. Because that was a very because that 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 is one that he refers to in it. Because like at, at some point. It's it's one of these things where we we don't you know like you say like as 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 people of uh, white descent we don't have certain we don't have certain context and one of them is you know like you talk about how brilliant that was or whatever it, it's because it was poking fun at just how stupid some of this shit really like how some of the stupid this shit that it's just implicit. And how we live really is. I think and comedy is a good medium for controversial topics in general. But there's there 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 is this also this undercurrent, and that's one of the things that he talked about too that kind of got to him. And you know, like in that Oprah interview that he did, but it was that like he felt like he was getting to the point where it wasn't just calling out how stupid some of this shit is. It's the it's the equivalent of talking in the stereotype gay lisp and making a funny, like, you know, you know, it was, people weren't laughing with him. People were laughing at him because of what he was representing. And he just like, he, he kind of just couldn't deal with that. Cause you know, the, the thing is, is that it's, it's, it's this perspective of, I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know if you've ever felt like an other and you know like it, it's it's this at some level you know like you don't want you don't want to be the person validating why someone else is you know like why someone else is justifying why it's okay to to, to class you as other yeah but at the same token there's a level of fame where the fame starts to influence your work Oh, right. absolutely. It's why comics can't stay good because what made them, a vast majority of them, so talented was the bullshit. The that struggle. They had to, yeah, the struggle. When the struggle is gone and the money's there, it's, it's why it's I thought, you know, going. when Kevin Hart was, or when Cat Williams was coming up, I thought he was very funny. He's not fucking funny anymore. It's the same shtick. I've, I've heard it already and it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. Tosh seems to do a pretty good job, but the fact is, yeah, he's got this nice little show on, on Comedy Central, but no one respects is, is Daniel Tosh. Yeah, I think so, Tosh. Yeah. No one respects Daniel Tosh as like 
a blockbuster comic. Right. He never gets the probably the dues that he probably deserves, but he never gets it. So he keeps a little bit of an edge there. A perfect. I don't know, like Sarah Silverman. That's why oh. she sucks now. I, I and she got she sucks because she got political, and that's sad because I thought she that she was she was really funny in some I, of her skits. I think I think what her selling point was is she, and I hate to put it this way, she was a very attractive, absolutely beautiful, beautiful woman with a really really dirty mouth. And that contrast would sell tickets. She also was an actress. She's. I think she's. I, I find her to be a pretty good actress. She I could be. Think she she could plays be, a she, pretty good bitch. Well, no, she could be guy funny. And actually, that that was part of like right. You know, be, but part of that too is that like you talk. Sarah. Sarah did not ultimately. Sarah was not one ultimately to 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 able to continue playing that game, which is why Amy Schumer. All of a sudden, came up and fucking replaced replaced her. And now Amy Schumer. Now Amy Schumer is like the mother hen of, of like not really though. No, no. no. If you, if you, she will. She will tisk tisk people. Yeah, she's trash. Schumer's a lot of a lot of stolen well, she, material. Well, I'm she's sorry. A jo- she's a joke thief and everything. Yeah, else. Yeah, like and that's like the worst like, shit. It's like that douchebag Mencia. Like, and this is the thing. If you get caught in a, it stealing shit. Just fess up to it. Don't do play this bullshit game of I didn't realize or I didn't really have that in mind when I wrote this. Like, fuck you. Some of this stuff is word for word verbatim. Literally making the same pauses before the punchline. Like, you rip this shit off. I don't under. I'll never understand. Some of Amy Schumer's stuff was kind of funny. I never found it really hilarious. But some of the stuff was funny. Like, some of the stuff, Keen Peel is a kind of an example. Like, Chappelle, one of his... Mm-hmm. Has said kind of like you're doing my fucking show essentially, sure, which is yeah. there's some truth to that. Yeah, because like, they they were looking for a replacement, but, and the thing is, is that Key and Peel do everything that Chappelle said that he was immensely uncomfortable with, like because all of a sudden they're like, here you got to start doing the drag skits and stuff like that, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm not. Can you like we got we got we got stuff. It's well, not this is not the, this is not you know like can we just hang out? I mean like. Obviously, what I'm doing works. Why do you fuck? Why the fuck do you gotta? Why do you gotta fucking tell me Push what to do? Push the envelope further in a direction it's that like, that's, I, I, I'm not I, coming from. Yeah, it's like you just, just, just. Can you, can you just feel me, man? Can you just feel me and like let me be? What was interesting about Chappelle is he he had a very like almost like a Saturday Night Live um, like sketch layout, and he had the small like 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 interrupting. Um, uh, really, really like tiny mini skits, right? Like he had like like Negro Damas would come in, right? Oh, I mm-hmm. mean, um, Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney, who's like, dude, man, one of the most underrated like comedic writers. No, he, well, he's he's just an he's he's an angry man who's also a comic, but he's you know? fucking hilarious. Like, and he hates like from his. I can't imagine he actually hates, but maybe he does. No, hate. no, he does. White people, but man, I think it's funny. I think it's so fucking funny. And but what what I found unique about the, about the Chappelle show, and of course, in hindsight, everything seems better. But like I've gone back and watched old Saturday Night Live seasons, and it they're about ten percent funny. Yeah. Some some sometimes it was twenty five. Very rarely would you sit through an episode where you laughed at half of the content. A good example. Chappelle was funny from the beginning of the episode until the end. I've never seen comedy that jam-packed with funny stuff, relevant funny stuff. I just think that he pushed so many boundaries in the way that we 
I don't like talk about race and talk about racism and talk about stereotypes. And honestly, like, I mean, some words, it, it was just, it was so raw and honest and it was funny. That's why it was funny. Like and for him to get relatable. Rick James, like he starts off the segment and you have no idea he's going to actually interview the real Rick James. And then all of a sudden the real Rick James sits down and he, as he, as the story is being narrated, he gives Rick James a moment to dispute it. And Rick James's first response is, cocaine is a hell of a drug. He just validates all of it. The whole story, start to finish. Like, you know, it's like the, it's like the phrase, like, you can't make this shit up. Like, in some cases... He had to just pick from real life stories because it's it's way funnier than anything anybody would have made up. But yeah, he's he really him leaving that show at his peak his peak um, popularity. It almost reminds me of something like uh, more common now with musicians, right? Where musicians they really they're, they're able to pull from stuff because of where they are in their life and now they have to reinvent themselves in order to stay relevant i feel like the beatles was were like that right yeah they I, had different but phases if you think about of it, popularity the, yeah but the beatles weren't around for all that long they weren't you know what i mean like any true talent i don't think can last right like and no true talent can last on new content like paul mccartney can still sell out any venue he goes to cuz he's a fucking beatle Right, but there's not a lot of people buying his new albums. Yeah, because I don't want. I have no interest in it. Well, right. it, you know, but that, that's also that's the the concept of the music industry is effectively an anomaly because it was an artifact. It was an artifact of you know, it, it was an artifact of the difficulty in distribution, and you had right. like all these fucking you had all these like oligopolies that got built up. That controlled that stuff. It's like movie theaters and stuff. You know, there's like the movie companies and stuff like that too. Where like, I mean, like there's still there's still a horrendous cost of production, but like eventually, the cameras are gonna come down. You know, like we're we're kind of there. I mean, like you got YouTube and stuff like that, which kind of transformed it. But the the cam the cost of the cameras are gonna come down. Your 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 cost of production will get to, you know to whatever. But you know, so, somebody somebody's gonna make somebody is going to make a successful. TV program or something like you know, an analog thereof, and it's not going to have anything to do with any of these any of these companies. Do you really think so, though? Don't you think that these companies have talent scouts and they're going to scoop them up before they could put any of their own shit out? Uh, you know, but it, you're you're what, what talking your, about what was the statement? I said that someone's going to have a successful t- like you know like like, like it, they'll be an, they'll be an al- alternative television is what you're saying. Yes, you know, like I mean, like because I can't it, wait. It'll be like some strange, like hybrid between like, like that the weird shit you'd see like in the middle of the night, like what Wayne's World mocked. Oh, did Speaking of Wayne's did, World, did they freaking take it down? Not fucking funny at all, really. Like just <laughs> classic lines. But I rewatched it this past weekend. It was on IFC. I'm debating. I don't like that movie. Literally got so popular because it like was wildly popular on SNL. Mm-hmm. I don't find any of the jokes very funny. Well, because they're they're, yeah. they're 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 dumb. They're dumb for the sake of being dumb. You know, it's none of, none of the SNL movies are really that fucking. Yeah, great. but it, it is interesting how big Wayne's World became. But um, 
You can, I mean, there's a sequel, bro. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, yeah, no, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. none, of, none of them are, like, fucking, you know, none of them are fucking, like, quote engines, as it were. I mean, like, even that, like, Pudi, like the closest thing I can think of is Pootie Tang. And Pootie Tang's not a fucking SNL movie, but it may as well have been. But it's got Louis C.K. all over it, so it, was, it just kind of works. And Ghostbusters wasn't an SNL movie either, right? <sighs> no, it, it was not. It felt uh, like one. It's a lot but, of SNL was, well, no, 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 so it's no. It, it really, it's Second City. It's a second city in National Lampoon. Yeah, that's so true. It was, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was Harold. It was Harold. Candy Zemeckis. was supposed to be in it. Yeah, Harold. instead of Ackroyd. Or well, no, no, no. Belushi was supposed oh, to that's be right. Ackroyd's character because the, the Ghostbusters was it two? What was the one that just came out? Oh was, god, the, the, the remake! The, the, what a piece the of garbage. Which the was Ghostbusters. The, the, yes, was that had a lot of SNL cast in it as well. Oh, yes, so but, bad though. It was just bad. They, it, honestly, if they cut the last. 45 minutes out of the movie, I would have thought it was decent, but it just dragged and it was awful with these well, garbage but, action but, scenes but that looked it, bad. But it also it also got into this whole thing of like fucking super inflammatory, poli- I mean like gender and social warrior, poli- yeah, social justice warrior politics. Yeah, that that's something I wish it. they would make subtle. And like I am perfectly fine with all the all the male cast getting swapped out with females. Yeah, but just leave it that way. You don't need to. You don't need to point the finger at that point. Well, you know, and again, not, not, not I want to, I want to clarify this with one. This is not, vic, this is not, like, not victim blaming. This is not, that movie was trash and it wasn't just because of the social justice warrior thing. It's because they missed the whole fucking, they missed the whole fucking point of why Ghostbusters worked at the thing, which is that like you had a bunch of people who were massively unqualified for the job that they found themselves in? Mm-hmm. Fuck it, you know, like again, right, that was right. it was the whole it was the whole. It was bit. like and, it was like volunteer firefighter. But yes, yeah, de- dealing dealing with deal, with deal, out, you know like and Dan Aykroyd, you know, like part of that too is like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters worked because Dan Aykroyd got his shit crushed on a regular basis. What about so, them stealing it, their theme song though? Why doesn't anybody talk about that? What do you mean? The Ghostbusters theme song. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, uh, who stole it? What are you talking about? It's like I think it's a Huey Lewis in the News song. Well, there, there, was, a, there was a direct steal. No, there was a lawsuit. No, there, no, there was a lawsuit between. No, he. Oh, really? That was not. There was a whole like. Yeah, there was a whole law, couple lawsuits oh, about fair that. Enough. Yeah, and like, and I mean, wait, it is like, it's like people do like, talk about. Like it. you get, yeah, it's people kind of do talk about it, but not that much. Maybe they paid him off, so they just shut up about it. But like, oh, they had to settle. It's like it's like the like the um, uh, the Queen. And uh, oh, ice thing. yeah, uh, pressure. It is worse than that ripoff. Huh. Oh, and it is actually a direct ripoff of of the song. Well, yes. Well, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll um we'll play it after after well, the show. What? Uh, but also with Ghostbusters, the characters were just playing themselves. Really, they were just accentuated versions yeah. of themselves. It felt like Bill Murray is Bill Murray in every movie he's right. in. Right? I, I, he's not. I don't think he's a great actor, but he's a great comedian. And I guess he is kind of a great actor because he's pretty good in everything he does. He plays. He plays himself very well. Yeah. And and that's the thing. That's how. And a lot of people give Kevin Spacey a lot of credit. And 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 I know Wade, you and I kind of didn't see eye to eye on him as an actor, but I feel that Kevin Spacey's character in uh, The Unusual Suspects, where he's Kaiser Soze. Sorry, spoiler alert. Okay. Um, I believe that that that. Um, are you looking up the, the theme song? Well, actually, because Huey Lewis was originally supposed to write the Ghostbusters theme. Oh. Like he was contractually. He was contractually so they they, they his contractually song? engaged. And then, like, or, he couldn't finish it. 
Oh, so like he started writing well, it? No, they, they, they'd engaged him to do it, but he had to back out. And then. Then how did they cre- turn out to be the same song? Because whoever they did got. Did he release this it? song after he, was, after he signed the contract? Did he write that song essentially and then release it? Producers, and then they were no, like, so fuck producers that, of the film just, Ghostbusters that was originally song? approached Huey Lewis to pen the film's theme, but he was already committed to work on another sci fi comedy, Back to the Future, and declined. Producers tapped Ray Parker Jr. to do the honors, apparently directing him to sound, toward a sound that could be described as Huey Lewis-esque. Oh, wow. Lewis himself certainly thought so and filed a suit against Parker, alleging that he lifted the melody from his own song, I Want a New Drug. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know that uh, song. Pair settled out of court in 1995 on the condition that both parties refrained from speaking about it, the suit in public. Uh, yeah, so yeah, everything was fine till Lewis unloaded about the settlement on a 2001 episode of VH1's Behind the Music. Parker oh. sued him soon after for breaching the confidentiality agreement. Okay, okay, so that's why nobody talked about it because he was under a confidentiality agreement. That kind of makes sense, yeah. And that's that's awesome. I loved how VH1 was able to get information out. <laughs> but I think like Ghost with a movie like Ghostbusters, I think a remake is like so. Here's. I think it's a bad idea because it's so iconic and it's so iconic because those characters cannot be replaced or re- remade essentially. Um they're doing big trouble in little China and which is my favorite movie of all time. Um and it was going to be just a remake. No. And I thought that was going to that was a huge mistake in like the rocks in it or whatever which no, I'm like it, it, no it's a it's a con- it's a continuation right. of but the now, first correct film now. but now it's come out that it's actually going to be a continuation and weirdly enough I'm okay with that. It's okay cuz it's not some franchise. It's just an amazing movie. But if you're going to make the rock like the Jack Burton don't do that. Just don't do that. Make it a, make it a continuation of the of the film what happened afterwards. Totally fine I'm, with that. I'm, if Ghostbusters kind of had done that, like living in the universe, but maybe moving forward, or this is a continuation of the series and the story, not just some like complete reboot, I think maybe it would have been a little more widely accepted. See, that's I, I kind of feel about that. It's not it's not really on the same level because it's not a movie; it's a TV show. But I feel like um, like uh, AMC with the Better Call Saul series. They actually were able to make like a parallel, almost prequel, but a parallel show to lead into the Breaking Bad series, and I think that they've executed it well. Well, but it was it was also it was also set up very well because you had all these ancillary characters that there was like you know there was this implied huge back history between them that it never was, they, that was that was never was, really but, just kind of but the first cu- the first two seasons don't really have any of those characters in it like like they, they bring in like like one of the main one of the main guys um that's kind of on the sidelines of breaking bad yeah but but most of the characters are are new to this to that show and i think it just exposes the fact that if you have really good writing and you have really good acting you could pull it off. I almost was turned off by the idea, like you said, Wade. That's what reminded me of it. I was turned off by the the by the premise of the show because I thought a spinoff was going to be terrible. Because I've never seen like a spinoff that I really cared for. I I don't know. I think spin. I personally, this is personal preference. I feel that spinoff is better than reboot because reboot essentially what you're asking people to do is replace whatever replace, right. you had. And you can't do that for a great film, which, right. what, are you going to reboot a shitty film? Well, because right. originally the, prem- the premise for the ghost, because, uh, you know, um, 
Why is my brain Doesn't farting? matter. What was that, the premise of the original? What was the original premise the, of it, of the remake? Why is my brain... Uh, Bill Murray. You know, Bill Bill Murray was kind of the holdup on that, and then Robert... Z- or uh, Howard Zemeckis? Howard... Guy who played Egon. Egon passed away. Yeah, Egon passed away. Um, I mean, like, you know, again, there's been moving around, but it, it, the, the whole premise of it was... You know, which which was which was kind of like whether Bill Murray was being sarcastic or not. Bill Murray said that he didn't want to appear in it, and if he was going to show up, he, he wanted to be a ghost. You know, like and just this idea, this idea of effectively the pre- yeah the, again the premise is that the ghost bust the Ghostbusters are people who are not who are not competent to be in the position that they they kind of have been stuck in. And this movie, the movie really was kind of like this whole celebratory thing. And it's like it kind of misses the point, which is that, no, they're fucking schlubs. And like even that, like the, the, the start of Ghostbusters 2 was like, yeah, uh, that's great that you saved the city and all. Um, but you couldn't pay your fucking, you couldn't pay your <laughs> fucking con ed bill. Right. So we booted your ass out of the firehouse. Right, right. You know, it's just like, it's the, it's the, it's the. It's the exploration of like it's great that you're a superhero and all, but how the fuck are you? How the fuck are you paying your? Uh, you, how are you paying the rent? Yeah, yeah. That being said, not with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can't pay the rent with a podcast yet. Maybe one day we will. But that being said, it is time to go. We have run well over the two two hour mark. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We look forward to your feedback and we will see you next week. Bubbling is real. Bubbling is real.